Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitball and Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Keenan Bonner. Sean Shute is joining us today and TK is back with us again. The matchup we'll be getting into today is 2014's The Raid 2 versus 2019's Uncut Gems. How is everyone doing today? Just quickly, Sean, you noticed how he said always. I did, I did notice, yeah. I as as notice. always, joined I by Keenan Bonner. I did Sometimes, notice. Sometimes, And then there was, a, there, was a, there was a pause until I was introduced with TK. When he's not when he's not too tired, Sean Shoot. He told me he might fall asleep during this one, so <laughs> always, nice. always a good start. I uh, thought we'd been on more pods than anyone outside of Byron. Okay. I think TK might have something to say about that. <laughs> right, I'm not counting, I'm not counting, uh, the Monday night, but I'm, sp- I'm speaking strictly, strictly movie madness. Uh, okay. And Keenan's definitely been on more than you. Yeah. I've, we've done 102 of these. I think I've missed four. No. In, fair- had, uh, in fairness to Sean, he didn't know Keenan was was on these because he didn't turn up. So he, yeah. <laughs> as far as he was aware, Keenan didn't turn up either. It was just Byron talking to him. And man. if you add out of order to it as well, then, then I'm definitely <laughs> Jesus. He's yeah. reaching now. <laughs> we'll start with the raid two. The synopsis. Only a short time after the first raid, Rama goes undercover with the thugs of Jakarta and plans to bring down the syndicate and uncover the corruption within his police force. Critics reviews, what are you expecting? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I don't really oh. feel like these types of films get good reviews. Largely positive, because if you've seen the first one of this and then you go to review the second one, what what do you expect? Yeah, you, you should honestly be locked up if you give this a bad review, because this does what it says on the tin. Yeah, it, imagine watching the first one of these and expecting the second one's going to be like some dry, like some period piece. You know, yeah, thinking you, like, where's where's the romantic comedy in this? Well, yeah. hang on. Well, the Raid Two is to the action genre what The Godfather Two became to the mob drama subgenre. Pure cinematic perfection and an epic follow-up that manages to surpass its already impressive predecessor in both scope and storytelling. That's some big praise. That's high praise. Do you think it's better than the first? Yeah, I do. I do as well. I've got it as better than the first. I I didn't know whether that was a controversial view, and then upon watching this another time, I thought definitely. Oh, okay. 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 The last half hour alone ranks it as one of the best martial arts films ever made. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, that's hard to argue with. Sumptuously shot, perfectly paced, and flat-out exhilarating, The Raid 2 cements Evans as the best action director working today and may, not be the, and may not be the best action, gangster, or even martial arts movie ever made, but as a combination of all three, it's unparalleled in recent memory and offers a tantalising glimpse into post bayhem action movie world. Brutal, beautiful, and brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the most violent films ever made. <laughs> when every fight scene is heaped in gruesome dismemberments and gratuitous splatter, a general desensitisation occurs that suppresses any particular moment from standing out. Ouch. No, not true. Seems, seems harsh. 
not true. When he breaks that lad's leg in the prison <laughs> by, by wrapping it around his own body. <laughs> that is fucking disgusting. Oh, well, the carnage is eye-gougingly savage. Not for nothing does one of the hero's most lethal adversaries go by the name Hammer Girl. But Evans choreographs the action so tightly and so tightly and films it so fluidly that the mayhem is mesmerizing. And finally, if there is such a thing as too exciting, the raid two is it. <laughs> Overstimulated. There you go. The the trivia for this, a fair amount. Um I'll end on uh, something different, but as always, jump in as and when. So all the punches and kicks to the body of the actors were real. Eco Uace, who uh, plays uh, Rama, and the other fighters had to learn how to control their speed and strength so that it would look real on the camera. I imagine there was a fair few miss-ups. Yeah, well, that final kitchen fight scene, which is immense, took eight days to film and contains 195 shots. They'd be knackered. Yeah. Um, the first fight sequence in the prison toilet was filmed in a few different sized cubicles. Some had walls that were on hinges so they could swing them open in order to get different camera angles and also to allow the camera to rotate 180 degrees or bring the action in close or open it up. I think that's a great kind of welcoming into this film, isn't it? That cubicle fight scene. Yeah, yeah, absolutely essentially like we're gonna make it halfway realistic but when it's not realistic it's it's we're gonna make sure you enjoy it basically over the top when he's got that pile building up behind him Mm -hmm. uh the rain and mud prison fight took around eight days to film it was done in an area named gombong an old dutch fort the mud had to be imported because they couldn't get enough locally uh as the scene progresses, you can tell that the texture of the mud really changes as they had to continue to add more and more mud to the pit throughout filming. That would be a depressing few days filming that. Who sells mud? Like, who do you go to when you want to import mud? Presumably the same people you go to when you want to import sand. Get on the garden centre, lads. Just from watching uh, an episode of Nothing to Declare, I know it wouldn't be Australia. You can't bring any plant-based things in or out of the country. I'll have nothing to declare. What on earth are you doing with your time? <laughs> I was watching nothing to declare on Christmas morning this year. I bloody love it. <laughs> I like guessing whether they're guilty or not. Have I ever told you about the, my one experience of random searching at airports? Yeah. Um, I've been on, it's been on my podcast, definitely. No, I won't say it again then. Still makes me chuckle. Coming back from Australia. Mm-hmm. This takes place two hours after the first film ended and then obviously skips to two years later. That's why there's that kind of long, long shot at the start of the film. He says that he kind of wanted to differentiate, like, this is going to be a bit different to the first one in everything that's like 100 miles an hour, which it does then become. Uh, so originally, this was written before the raid won. Um, when funding fell through, Gareth Evans decided to do a film that required a lower budget, and so that became the first film, because he obviously contained it all to one building. Uh, Eco had trained together with the other fighters for six months, so they would meet every day and build that mutual trust before shooting the fight scenes, so that when one of them missed, they wouldn't want to punch back harder. 
rough day at the office. Uh. Um, when they shot the fight scenes, shooting would have to halt mid-scene for about 20 to 30 minutes each time for the makeup artists to create the damage on their faces um, and for continuity purposes. So, I mean, how did they ever get this film made? Yeah. It seems to be one constant delay after another. Um, on an episode of The Tight Show starring Jimmy Fallon, Samuel L. Jackson said The Raid 2 was his favourite film. High praise indeed. Uh, in one of his first scenes, Procoso is seen sitting on a sidewalk next to a stray dog, most likely a sly nod to his character from the first film, Mad Dog. Mm-hmm. At the Sundance Film Festival, an audience member fainted during the violent fight club scene. Uh, the movie had to be stopped so the paramedics could take the man out. <laughs> Shit house. <laughs> Get him out of here. I hope they booed him out. <laughs> Through the entire movie, Rama does not kill one person with a gun. And Keenan's you guess man. of what the body count is? Just thinking about this last night, and I, this is I, this is very weird. But I was wondering how many of them actually die. Like, because like not everyone who's in it who's getting beaten fuck out of dies. They just quit. No, no like do you know no there's more. some of them. Like one of them. Gets no, there isn't. There. One of them gets hit in the jaw with a baseball bat. Fair enough. The chance of them actually like, do you know what I mean? Unless he's even when he's walking. Him. Even when he's walking out at the end, you can see some of them obviously are moving around. They're not necessarily yeah. dead. But... I don't know, boy. I'm genuinely going to say like 300. 327. Oh. So you are close. Uh, so there were plans for a third movie, which would have started three hours before the Raid 2 finished. However, in 2018, uh, the director stated that after doing two Raid films, he was eager to do some other projects first. As time went on, he felt the series had already reached its natural conclusion. And uh, so he said he, he kind of felt that he would be a bit burnt out and wouldn't do a third film justice. That might be a wise decision. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, I, you, you could do another one, couldn't you? I don't think it's like a franchise that you couldn't do one. No, the, the thing is, if they bang another one out, conf- like, confirmed by we'll watch it. They're, like... He can't go too far wrong either, can he? It's not like he's we're going to do this and think, what's he done here? We know yeah. pretty well what we're getting, surely. Exactly. All he needs to do is just have an hour and hour, two hours of people kicking shit out of each other and a, <laughs> re- a, a relatively interesting story, and then you'd be fine. Like, how interested are so, you in these? Oh, well, I just cut me off on. <laughs> I, thought you'd, I thought you'd finished. I was going to tell you what the, what the plan for the third film was. Christ, man. So oh, you continue. He's... He said it, it would have opened up the world of the series. He said uh, it would have brought in the other kind of warring gangs. He said, so if you go back to the second film, uh, the moment where they kind of have the meeting with the Goto gang, and uh, he kind of says, wipe out every corrupt cop and politician that they have on the books and start fresh. Mm. Um, he says he couldn't have done another film with Rama. He said, I couldn't fathom another fucking reason why he would put his life at risk and separate <laughs> himself from his wife and kid. I'd be like, you sort of deserve to die now, really. Take some responsibility and be a father for a change. <laughs> Imagine that's the third one, to see him get by with domestic duties. So he said, basically, um, Rama would walk out of the kind of warehouse. He would be put in the back of the police car. They'd drive off, and the gang that kind of turns up at the end would be stood around like, what the hell do we do now? Um, out of nowhere, a car would pull up and just blitz them all. Um with an AK all of them would die bar one um, they would then go to end up in uh, the Indonesian jungle 
so it would have taken quite a turn. He said, the idea is the Japanese kill squad that's used to used on the streets of Tokyo suddenly have to deal with the terrain of a jungle hunt, a bit like Predator in a way. Uh, these guerrilla kids would be taking care of this Japanese intrusion on their land. I didn't work out the whole thing, but at some point Goto's son would have got killed. He would have realised it was the right-hand man who betrayed him all along, and they'd have some real gnarly tribal way of dealing with him. Goto and his guerrilla gang of Indonesian killers would then go back to Tokyo in order to take care of the people that were ordered to kill him. So it sounds like it would have been entertaining regardless. Can I but feel as Rama's getting driven away, you'd very much feel like goal free when you see Santiago Munez for about five minutes. I've been brought in under false pretenses here. <laughs> yeah, fair. I'm impressed you made it to goal three. What, Honestly. Goal, goal two with my guy Gavin Harris. Yeah. Come on, have some respect. They did that with it that, was what it was. Not they great. Did that with that one um, Godzilla film where they put Brian Cranston on the poster and he got killed off after about five minutes. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a name, don't you? Yeah, that Get was his in. first film after Breaking Bad, I believe. So he probably got paid a fortune for it as well. As long as you get him through the door, it doesn't matter what happens once it's on the screen. Yeah, that seems to be the case. Um, Keenan, so this was your first time seeing The Raid 2. Did you enjoy it? I did, yeah. I've said this to you a couple of times. It's shot a little bit weird. I don't really get what you mean, though. Nor do I, but I just think, kept thinking last night. I can't. It's hard I, was, to put, it's, I was thinking he's about to elaborate on this. <laughs> no, it's, it's hard to put pen to paper, but I kept thinking, I was like, fucking, some of these shots are just so weird. It's like, it, it might be, at some point, it's like if I, I had an alcoholic to fucking be the cameraman. <laughs> Man, he's, he's shaking like a shitting dog. What? They do it at some points where they kind of try and follow the action. So if someone says hit with an uppercut, the camera kind of flips with it, where well, I guess it's meant it's to be more it. immersive. Just following it with a two-minute delay. So what? So watching a poker tournament on stream, mate. Well, there's <laughs> there's the start where they ping back and forth, but after that, it's all in the present, if I'm not mistaken. Some straight, some some odd bits, like, and it, I obviously you do have to watch the old, like, I, I don't know, maybe I was just tired last night because I found myself more confused watching this. I got I got there in the end. There were bits <laughs> where I found myself more confused watching this than I've been. Like when we watch films, I was more confused by some points of this last night than I was watching Inception. <laughs> what, what, were you watching the right film? Well, I, I hope so. There was... not, if not, I spent six pounds on something, mate. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, twice, there weren't too many plot twists in this one. Twice in two weeks, I've had to spend six quid. Fucking pods oh. ruining me. Oh. It was £3.50 I saw on Amazon. I uh, rented it myself. Oh, I've played myself then DJ he's been ripped off as well as, <laughs> as well as watching the wrong film fucking hell um, no like just little bits like the way they introduced Picasso I was like who the fuck's this bloke that's just out of context I understand that again it fills it in he's oh yeah you know yeah, I mean? like, yeah I get you there. and then like when the coppers attack him he's just he's just having he's just sort of relaxing then fucking there's like 30 of them sprinting after him and he, then he happens to see a police badge again it all becomes clear but I don't know maybe I'm just too thick maybe I need that exposition I think my favourite thing about this film, and you see it more in this film than you do in the first one, it's just that everyone is on job. Everyone is down for the action <laughs> on site. Like the bit with Procoso. Like, There's so much of that, mate. <laughs> usually everyone's kind of in on it, but he's walking towards them with a cutlass that you wouldn't have seen since like the first cartoon Aladdin, like Jafar's swinging one about. It's a machete. He's, yeah. It's, it's, got, a, it's got a curve in it, hasn't it? 
It's a machete. You I can see it when he runs it through the fence. I thought I could have made it a cutlass. Because I've, I've got I've got in my notes why anyone thinks running at a bloke with long hair and a machete is a good idea is yeah. anyone's guess. Look why the do they all think I'm going to run at him? Like, look, at the state of it. look at the state of him as well. No offence. Yeah. He, he looks out of it. Like, I'm, not, I'm not about it. Also, I understand this your job and stuff, but if, if a girl on a train pulls out two hammers, I'm, I'm, all, right. I'm all right, actually. <laughs> yeah. you know what, this is, so this is my stop, actually. I'm off here. I'm yeah. out here. Look, boss, you're all right, but she is about this. Like, no, there's a lot, of, but it is very fun. Like once you actually, once I watch it, it is just a very, very good film. I might have to rewatch number one. I've got to be honest. That shot in the carriage where um, you kind of show her, and then it follows down, and they're all stood in their little suits at the end, just mm. kind of squared up, like in you know, like a hacker formation, like <laughs> ready for business. The way like she's just ripping, like ripping bits of flesh off them with the hammer as well. I saw that. Yeah. I saw an interview of him where, because he, he's drawn up these whole backstories for um, Hammer Girl and Baseball Man. And mm. the film was already going to be long. I guess he didn't have the full runtime yet. And then he said, ultimately, do I need to give you a full backstory? Like, you're going to enjoy a woman attacking with two hammers, regardless of whether I tell you she had a rough upbringing or not. Like, just enjoy her for what she is, basically. I mean, you know, we're hazarding a guess. It's probably not all been brilliant for us. Yeah, I mean, she's deaf for not so, but she is deaf, and I imagine that had its own challenges pre whatever led her to a life of beating fuck out of people with hammers. <laughs> the bloke asking for his ball back each time is so good as well. Like, I can't stop, I can't stop laughing at this. Like, <laughs> what on earth? Like, <laughs> it's the most, it's the most extreme version of a. Uh... The game on the field and when you're at school where they they kick a ball at you and if you touched it they would have filled you in. <laughs> if you, why do people never learn about this ball? Just stay the fuck away from it. Well, he says, "What? Oh, just oh, I can't wait. Like, I've, I don't know. is it there for comedic relief? Because of all the things it he could have done. It is quite an odd twist. Both of those it characters is quite, are an odd It thing. is quite funny. Him more than her. Her I sort of get with hammers, but he's like he's not acting like he's Babe Ruth." <laughs> that was hell of a hell of a shot though. That one where he does in like the warehouse, whatever. It is. Yeah, the the first one where he clips the fella yeah. and he's just dead. All right, sound. And then obviously he hits me. He's like, when he don't give him the ball back, he's like, that's a mistake, mate. You've you've just sparked me out. <laughs> almost sparked me with it. I don't, like, what what do you but, mean? But like it's also great. It's way. great when he. When, just the idea that he chucks it away and that means that, oh, well, you're absolutely yeah. sound now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do anything to you now. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Like, right, right at the start, so did you like that it went straight into it? Because I think we spoke about it. It may have been UTK when we did um, the Harold and Kumar podcast um, where we said the second one is yes. literally starts right at the conclusion of the first um, with this, there's no real fuss, is there? They assume, as you rightly would, that you've seen the first one. We don't need to give you my yeah. backstory. And I guess killing off the brother just wipes out any I mean, confusion as to what way this can go. Really does set the stall out. Although it does feel like so many efforts in the first film are now totally redundant. He's gone through an awful lot in that apartment in that film, and then his brother's just been whacked at the start of this one. Yeah. Rug's been pulled out from under his feet, truly. They do essentially say to him, like, if you don't help us, then your family are going to be at risk. So he doesn't have much of a choice there. 
I also thought you've got a real catch-22 there because on the one hand, your family's at risk. The other hand, you're probably thinking, I want a bit of credit for what just happened in that apartment. <laughs> I want people to know what I've just done. And instead, they erase it. So it's an entire apartment for the people. Yeah, no, no one's going to know I did it. Well, that's, that's the whole thing with, um, supposedly, with serial killers, isn't it? Where they like want to be caught, supposedly, in like the pit of their brain. There's a father that wants yeah. to be caught because they want the credit for it. Not all of them. Yeah, there is a, there is yeah. a specific type. In this case, he's done it for good reasons, but you still want cool. your credit. If you're going to do it, if you're going to put some effort to something, I think you're going to want the credit. Of all the kills in this one, is there a particular one that stands out to you? Like In the first one, I remember he does the kind of RKO onto the spikes that are left in the doorframe. Um this uh, you, you text me. Sorry, sure. I was going to say, I always, I think I'm going to struggle to think of one kill, but for the ones that I really enjoyed were the ones where like an object would just be stuck in their face, like when a baseball bat was just stuck in the guy's face and would just like balance in it. <laughs> Things like that. After he gets killed, doesn't it? He? Do they do the long shot and it kind of his head falls with the bat still in it? Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, things, things like that. Um, I thought, oh, actually, that that goes into the categories. So I'm just trying to look at my notes now. But yeah, Keenan, I don't know if you had any. Uh, two, but not the weirdly. They're like, well, they're probably like two of the least exciting kills in the film. Uh, the one where Uko shoots his old man. Actually, that's a mid yeah. shot where yeah. he, he slows yeah. it down. They slow it down and then they rotate. They they rotate it almost anti clockwise around like uh, around the back. I think it just looks cool. Watch his brains um, come out. Yeah, I think it looks cool. Um, the other one, where it's also Imanuko, he's got some flair, but he's more. It probably probably goes into the um, into the scenes, but where they're having a business meeting and he's just slicing throats. Like he's, he's, he's meeting Imanuko Be- Bejo and he's like, yeah, yeah, no, this sounds good. Just as he's cutting some poor some poor kid's throat. I thought the most some of the most graphic and brutal stuff that I cringed at was the mud prison fight. Mate, like I said, that leg break. The leg Wait, break, I've got that. I've I think the leg break that, does stick with me, strangely, all the things. I, honestly, if that happened in the octagon, I'd want whoever it is locked up. <laughs> I know I know, there's, I know. it's about it, but honestly, if I see that, I want him in jail. That is, wrapping that round your body, like, honestly, it's like he's putting a belt on. <laughs> it's, it's the disrespect. It's the sheer disrespect. <laughs> the, leg, the leg break and then the eye gouging as well. The eye gouge ain't, ain't great. There's never a, there's so many films that happens in and it's fucking disgusting yeah. every time. Haven't yeah. Django done it? Yeah. What about the the man having his uh, face cooked? Oh, on the grill. Good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Because they go the way of showing you it after as well. Mm. Yeah, that's bad. That that kind of riot that happens in the prison. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say Go sorry, on. but I was going to say Picasso dying in the snow. Only because it's snowing. But when he gets cut. (laughs) They asked the director about this and he essentially said, technically it can snow in Indonesia and I just really wanted to have a cool scene with someone dying in the snow. Legend. I've got all the time in the world for that. (laughs) My guy guy Mad Dog. Mm. Somewhat of a side note, this I know. The idea that Procoso rattled through that bird is just too much for me to comprehend. (laughs) I was thinking this as I was watching. (laughs) I'm just thinking... There is not a chance. I don't care. <laughs> it so ain't this, what, 
So it's one of two things, Tico, because she says, oh, it's been 15 years and you still aren't changed. Either he has had one of the biggest fourth round races you've ever seen, <laughs> yeah. or he's punching like no one else. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. When she said you haven't changed, I was thinking, I hope that's physical. There's a point there where we're supposed to feel bad for him that he can't see his kids. And then two minutes later, he's pinning that bloke with a machete through the fence. No, he's already done that. Okay, either way Uh, around, it's probably... I 100% do feel bad for him. I don't know how, but I'm there thinking, you know what, you're being a real bitch to him here. Let him see his kid. (laughs) At least every other weekend or something. Maybe he wouldn't do this. Look, the the big boss man says all he cares about is his wife and his kid. We'll look after him now. He didn't, didn't, <laughs> yeah. didn't have time to make things personal. He was on on his work all the time. There is not a clearer precursor to this guy's dying than yeah. her saying, when the time is right, okay, he's done for then. Yeah. Sound. <laughs> he's never seeing that kid. <laughs> At least he's got the locket, I suppose. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. You've got um, the car chase here as well, where the director, supposedly, or one of the camera guys, had to dress up as one of the chairs <laughs> to be able to film this in the car. And again, they hollowed out like both sides and could flip it when, as and when they needed to, so they could film film it while driving. The fight just in the, the fight in the, the, the fight in the car is unreal. As a chair, by the way, <laughs> just Sean and Bless. What did you say? <laughs> Don't worry, it's fine. Carry on as you were. I want to know what you said as well. I didn't hear it either, but I feel like it was dark. No, it wasn't. It was literally just you. Oh, he had to dress up as uh, yeah, to basically to blend in. The idea he's walking around the set dressed up as this is just (laughs) incredible. Looks like the middle seat out of a Volvo. (laughs) Oh, so you got the big role then? Yeah, yeah, I got the big one. Keenan, you were you were about to say something about it. I was I was thinking this about Rama in a car. He seems to go to another level when he gets in a car. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the, the fight in small spaces, like, it's just ridiculous, mate. Like, oh, it's so good. When he, when he just, when he does the, the bloke in the passenger seat with a gun, just sends him, see in a bit. Like, would he, would Rama be, you know, in a, have we all watched Game of Thrones? I don't know if we have. Have we all no, watched Game of Thrones? I don't think Keenan has. Well, I've never seen it. The rest of us are in. But... Yeah, I mean, Keenan, you could probably still answer it, but basically, there's a, a thing in in Game of Thrones where you can have like a a, a com- trial by combat, basically, and you can volunteer someone to fight on your behalf. Yes. And I feel like I've all films. I think he has. Rama would be the one you'd pick. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone else I'd pick. You make a great point, Sean. Well, mainly because when he's having like, the shit beat out of him, he's, he's still he just plods on. Yeah. <laughs> the the thing that cracks me is. It, like, it's a couple of hours after the first one, and having seen the first film, yeah, he gets out of there, but he has been battered to fuck. Yeah, he should be within like an inch of his life. And like, this is how game he is. It's basically like, look, you go in. He's ready to go again. Yeah. All right, I'll just go and say goodbye to the missus, shall I? And then I've, I've and got to go to prison. Goes, yeah, prison. Just, yeah, just just two years. Two years. Okay, all right. that seems fine. Well, they don't tell him that it's going to be two years. Apparently, he's beating this bloke so bad, he's letting on the mission. They're like, what do you expect? Look at the guy you beat up. They say, <laughs> they say you put him in a wheelchair. You didn't have to go this far, boss. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it's an odd one. He is just like, it's fucking insane. That style of martial arts, like where it like, because the director's made three films that sort of like yeah. focus in on it. Like, 
some of the stuff they do, I think, how the fuck is it even humanly <laughs> yeah. possible? I don't get it. Yeah, it's mental, and that's why he keeps the same people around in each one. So, oh yeah, because you know they're good at it. So why, yeah. why, why wouldn't exactly. you? Especially, especially once you've worked with them in one film, you know not only are they about it, but they can also work to the limitations of what the film allows them to do. Well, but you can't believe we've established Rama is basically Mel Gibson of this. He got too into character, started <laughs> method acting in the prison, had to stay in for a bit longer. The, the fact that. Um... In this, they use the actor that plays Mad Dog again. Mm. Like that didn't bother anyone, did it? That didn't take anyone out of the film because that would no. attest to why that would attest to him using the same actors because he'd rather have that than worry about having someone look different or anything like that. No, but I presume so that it's not blindingly obvious. I mean, it is, but to try and describe, try and maybe cover it a little bit. That's why they have him as unkept as he as unkempt as he is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Maybe He's like, less of a in the first one you think like, I don't want to mess with this guy. I mean, still you don't want to mess with him obviously, but he's it, there's less mystique to his character, I feel like, in the second uh, one. Mad Dog that intro. That intro to Mad Dog when he's got a bloke on his knees and he just uh, he just slaughters him. Legend. Yeah. <laughs> I loved um, the meeting at the start when he meets him in the car, you've got the the, the pouring rain. Um, he's got his little uh, like bowler hat on in the car. It's just every kind of cliche in one. He's like he's about to flick through some. Well, he does flick through some little black and white photographs to show him who he's got to go after. Mm. And that wouldn't hit as hard without the heavy rain. The heavy rain really does drive that home. Fights in the snow. Fights in the rain. Fights in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had all of that. Yeah. yeah. And there's probably and if I was if I was looking as well. If I was looking for Mount Rushmore, yeah, you're probably right, shoot. It's probably a bathroom fight. They're If you tell me any two of those four are in a film, I'm probably in. Keenan, um, question for you. So during the scene when uh, Proposo is uh, kind of marching down the group, mm-hmm. the one guy there throws his girlfriend towards... Yep. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say, and yep. Do you think Sean would do it? Oh no! <laughs> I th- I thought you were going to say would I do it? Yeah, sorry, love. See ya. I've just watched him. Like these are my bodyguards. <laughs> these are the people I pay to look after me. He's walking through them. <laughs> what, do you, what, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do at this point? <laughs> uh, are we yeah. supposed? Are we both supposed to die? <laughs> no, fair. I, I, I mean? I love- I love in this as well that with um, the villain, Aviator Shades are just a surefire way to say, this is a bad guy. He's a fucking dick. Like, obviously, <laughs> the character's meant to be, but just like the way it's played, every time he's on screen, it pisses me off. When it kicks off, when um, he's just killed his dad, and uh, Rama comes in and looks startled, um, like when you bump into someone walking through the grass in Pokemon, you have that little exclamation mark pop up of your head. Because he stops there, they all turn round, and then he just takes one step back with his cane, and that's enough to just get him out of danger. And that just sums up his character, doesn't it? He just avoids violence the entire time until he Is gets it? a shotgun put through him. I can't think what it's like. It's almost like Judge. It's like not quite Judge Red, but there's like three or four times he does. He does it obviously in the prison. Um, he he does it in there, but like he just like almost like time just seems to slow for him for a second. <laughs> 
And then he just like burst forward, and next thing you know, he's just kicking shit out of people. Like it just, it's I can't. It's hard to like thing. He does it, but I can't think what film it reminds me of. How cool is it when he's uh, unscrewing the handle of the broomstick when he's yeah. about to kick? Oh, off he does it. Slowly. He does it there as well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is very, very good. In that scene, awesome. Rama telling a man who's been shot in the leg to run. Yeah, <laughs> look, you you might be nails, mate, but look, I've got a fucking hole in my leg. <laughs> Chuck me out, came Rama, I'll be alright. <laughs> the the other thing is, right? I know he's just saved your life, but considering the last cut, the last like the last discussion Uko and Rama have had is him basically Uko basically threatening him, trying to intimidate him. Next thing you know, this bloke's all out on saving your life in a prison riot. No suspicions there. <laughs> you want to, you want to, you want to lead a crime family, but there's nothing in your head saying, hmm, "What's he? What's, what's his angle?" And the dad who knows his son's a dick goes, "Hey, look, my son's vouched for you, so you know yeah. what? You're gonna pass by me." Yeah, I don't trust my son to do anything, but <laughs> his word on your character is actually just perfect. Please come into the heart of our family. Yeah, that's it. You, you literally come in and be what what appears to be number four. <laughs> That's such classic kind of film trope, though, isn't it? Where uh, you just escalate from um, the, the, the karaoke bar, sorry, where he says, you either sing or you fuck. It, there's no in-between <laughs> for the guy there in the middle. It's very cut and dry. It's either one of these two and you better choose. They get away with neither. When Mad Dog 2, I've been calling in my notes, uh, is about to die. The music that comes in reminded me of the end of Scarface when uh, everything's going downhill for Tony. I don't know, you might have to watch it back to uh, see if you agree. But for a, such a small character, they they do give him quite the depth, don't they? They give yeah, him the, the, the long shot, everything about it. They give you the aerial shot as well, don't they? I know we're going to... Uh... You know, you, you're going to obviously talk about yeah. the, the characters, but that is a hell of a scene, that nightclub scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just when it's suddenly just everyone's gone and you're like, oh, fuck. That was unbelievable. Usually we, we see films, though, where they feel they have to stick to some kind of way of doing things, kind of, I was going to say, everything has to make sense, which is quite a fair way of going about <laughs> yeah. it. But what are they like, like? It's like when they were making this, there was just things that popped in his head that were like, that looks cool. I want to have that. And he just had the courage to say, you've, keep it in. You've, you've just read us that quote about the fight in the snow. That's exactly yeah. what has happened here. Oh, yeah. It's not yeah, it's not, yeah. uh, it's not like anything. That is exactly what no. he's done. He's like, oh, this is decent. We'll have that. Yeah. And it's I, quite a I, few I, times, isn't it, throughout the yeah. film? It's not just the I'll, one. I'll be honest, mate. I'm here for all of it. It's, yeah. It just, oh, these are just, they are just very, very fun. Because I know um, Sean at least watched that um, Gangs of London show. Oh, I'm in. Really enjoyed he, it. Great. He directed it. Now that was violent. Yeah, it's it's him. He did it's, not it's, shy away in that either. He directed it, so oh, uh, nice. Joe, the lad out of Peaky Blinders, isn't it? Am I thinking the right one? I don't yes, watch it. That's correct. Joe Cole, his name is. Yeah, yeah, the real oh, Joe I know Cole. the guy. But yeah, he turned away from that was when he probably would have done the raid, and he, he obviously had a lot more money chucked at him to do that, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. If you get a chance, boy, give that a watch. It's on that yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's really, really good. It's really great good. Show. I think they're making. I think he's coming back for another series, though. Again, another say... thing that sets its stall like straight away that show as well. So that's obviously yes, it does. Yes, it does. Straight away, you're in. He did say with the raid as well. He was like, "Look, I love it so much that I'm not going to rule out doing a sequel." He's like, "I just don't want to tell people I'm doing it this year, that year, 
because then I'll feel like I have to do it and it won't be as, it won't be what I want it to be. He's like, I want to want to do it. So hopefully we get it because it's not really one like uh, where the, the chain, window is going to close to say, oh, we got to get the sequel out within this time to get the marketability. Like this is, if you're going to watch it, you're going to watch it now or in five years, 10 years. I think maybe, maybe the first one more so than this, but I think the types of people that, the majority of people who are gonna watch this, are gonna watch this film, like you say, there's no window because they'll all they'll be a fan of the genre and they will watch it. Yeah, like maybe yeah. you might yeah. lose some because people might forget about how good. You know, if it's in ten years' time, people might forget how good the first one is or and how good this one is. So you might lose something, but for like people who like it, people who like these films, these two films specifically. Seem to love it. I've never, I've never actually heard. It. I've heard people say, "No, I've never seen it. I've never heard of it." Or, yeah. it's fu- or, or, or it's fucking men. I've never actually known. I've never asked anyone. Oh, I've seen it, and them say, "Yeah, I didn't like it, or it was okay." It's either I fucking love it, or what's that? Oh, yeah, I've not seen I, it. Yeah, I'm grateful that me and Sean just kind of took a chance to see it in the cinema the one time because I don't even know why we would have done it really because. I don't remember what seeing much about the first one to make us go and see it. It must have just been circumstance and convenience. We thought we'd just go and see something. And then, but I remember it's the back in the coming d- out. Sorry. Charles, it's probably back in the day when you were watching films on the Cinecar, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But this, the second film did that badly in the cinema release that it closed in most places after less than a week. Jesus. Because Man. I think they probably, when you hear as you just said there, everyone you ask has seen it, loves it, but that doesn't mean enough people have seen it. No, no, exactly, I've probably, I've asked, I speak to people, I I think if you go back and watch it, how much I really enjoyed the first one. Um, But more people have have asked me, what is it, than have said they they love it. But like I say, everyone who I know, everyone who I ever spoke to has seen it. Amazing. I remember the second one in the cinema, and it, it was strange because the first one, most people in there didn't really know what they were going in to see. It was just kind of a highly touted foreign film um, mm. that was violent. The second Imagine. one around, there was an excitement because everyone knew what they were in for. Mm. And so it wasn't full. I, I remember it being very, very empty. Um, but everyone in there, you could feel the kind of buzz before it started. And then after the first person's been written off because you just knew this is exactly what I signed up for. Yeah, see, I like you say about the foreign film. I remember that's why. Obviously, I had, I geez, it took me nigh on ten years to watch the first one. I watched it for the for the pod, but I do remember that being not. This is an amazing martial arts film. This is an amazing film from overseas, more than yeah. more than anything else. Um, if we have a look at the categories, then rewatchability. I mean, this is two and a half hours long. I'm on it. Do you think so? You you will watch it again. Fucking one hundred percent. I will probably there'll probably be a Saturday night where I'm do- not doing a lot where I do a double bill. I was going to say that now you know the plot, it should be a fairly easy watch as well. But it, it seems that might not be the case for you. No, well done, Deckard. <laughs> Enjoy that, did you? <laughs> no, I was. I was wanted to make the point, but after what you said earlier, it didn't really work. Right. So, as stated, I got there in the end because I feeling better, isn't he? Oh, oh, exactly. You can tell you stop sweating now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still sweating. Um, <laughs> Shock is uh, first target is me. Oh. <laughs> look, look, we grind, we grind through uh, all circumstances to get the pod done. You showed him a vulnerability. He pounced. <laughs> yeah, it's rare. Look, I got, I got there in the end. I was a little bit slow. No, no, but... I'm, 
I don't think there's been a film on this podcast really other than probably the raid one that I've been excited for you to watch and been happy by your response. Um, <laughs> is that because you've, you've never been excited for me to watch another film or normally you don't like my response? No, the, the response. I don't oh, okay, have right. the response. So I, well, that's your fault. Whether, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I haven't said anything about that. If you let me finish, I'm saying... Fucking hell. Pot kettle, no? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you tell me about silence and then I, I, I don't leave any and the world's ending. I was going to say... Either I hype it up too much before, which is largely possible, um, or just my love for the film is too high that the way you react to it is never going to live up to it. And so, same was, with uh, same with Keenan's feelings about Goodfellas. I was just going to say, shoot, the latter of those two options, we are, we're, you and I are both guilty of, boy, to be fair. Well, Sean uh, said the other week, he said, oh, I'm looking forward to that Goodfellas pod. And I had to say, well, I'm afraid we won't be on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to see if Byron will let me monologue it. And I honestly, well, he said, will. I said last week, you be, if he will, go right I, ahead. I genuinely don't care if no one listens to it. You can hit one at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is possible because um, the final of this movie Madness is, I think, the lowest played episode in about three years. Oh, what, when it's you on your own? Yeah, I mean, people don't... Well, I put it in the description, but it's about 17 minutes long. I oh. don't get to kind of trend any topics in there for them to kind of add on. And when oh. they do click it, it's not doing much for them, even with my jingle I put in the background. For uh, for the record, my Goodfellas pod will not be 17 minutes long. <laughs> for those who... If anyone decides to listen, A, strap yourself in. B... <laughs> See if we can do more numbers than Byron, because I'd really enjoy that. <laughs> well, what we'll do is, um, if if you come round to mine, then I'll give you the mic so it'll be a bit crisper. And um, me and Sean will attempt to finally slice garlic in the background <laughs> to see if we can get it as thin as we should. <laughs> and, just got... be a nice and I'm just going to shout, you've got too many onions in there. Too many <laughs> onions. Don't use too many onions. Three big cans. Two onions. Two big cans, three onions, sorry. Three onions? TK, with this, from, from memory, you watched the second one. Was it shortly after we did the first one on the pod? Because I seem to remember you just messaging me that you were watching it. I know why I don't remember kind of... That is correct, yeah, because yeah. I'd, only watched the, uh, I'd only watched the first raid because you were doing it on there. So I thought I'd yeah. see what it's about, enjoyed that, and then, yeah, sure enough, watched the second one, enjoyed it even more. They had it on Netflix at the time, didn't they? Correct. The Raid 2 was on Netflix when the Raid 1 wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Fucks, so, fucks yeah. me off on it. It really Real pisses odd. me off when they do that. Mm. Well, previously, I've Netflix sent you kind of the, the table, haven't I, with what device it's on, and then it doesn't work because two weeks in, they've changed it all. Yeah. Um, Sean, what do you think rewatchability-wise? Very rewatchable. Is it an easy watch for you? I know you're a bit squeamish. <laughs> Uh well yeah like, not I mean, he, he is squeamish no no I, I referenced I referenced the, uh, the the prison fight scene um with the the gouging and then the leg break and some of the stuff was a bit hard but still ultimately most of it's enjoyable 
the first what? one he the one sorry, I was gonna say when he fights in that cubicle, by the way, when he just lifts that lad, the first one who comes in just <laughs> lifts him, his head just comes straight yeah. down and it's like he, like half of his face is just melted away or like, as yeah. he's as, as he hits the, the toilet. I, like, I might have missed that one. I'll go back and watch it, honestly. It's if like I'm, if I'm he, second there, I'm going, Whoa boy, <laughs> I, you know what? That's enough, thank you. Se- second, mate, what happens if you're twelfth in line and he's just like he's just piecing people <laughs> no, up? <laughs> no, but that's what I mean. I, I mean the first one, the first kill I see him do. I'm, no, 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 I don't need to see ten. I see the first oh, one so, I see. I really I like I really like when the like, when there's this brief periods where the door just closes as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the elimination chamber in WWE where you wait your turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a minute, it was like, well, just the door just lock and they've got nowhere again in now. If that door shuts, I'll leave it shut if I'm on the outside of it. <laughs> yeah. well, it's, right, all... it's obviously a sign, lads, that the door's shut. There's no point. Do you think part of the purpose of that is, um, as we said, the first one, you were a little unsure what you were going in for. The second one, as you know, they're really dragging out that first kind of extended fight scene by keep yeah. kind of teasing you with going back and then you have a bit more kind of narrative and then you tease you back and then when they let you in, they just don't let up from there onwards. So it does work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I say, I think it's I think it's great. It's one of the funniest fight scenes in any film. And it's <laughs> like it's just fucking ridiculous. Which which do you prefer, Keen, in the first or the second? <laughs> I change depending which one I've most recently watched. <laughs> I was just I was just gonna say that to you. Can you can you ask me this next week? Let me watch the second one. Uh, let me watch the second one. Let me watch the first one and ask me again. Because I've got nothing but posi- I've got nothing but positives in the in the yeah. like, in my in my head. The first one is like almost perfect. Yeah. And the only reason sure. I can't say it's perfect is because there's bits of it I can't remember. What about you, Sean? Because you text me. Um... I think after I'd watched it and before you had, where you're like, is the second one better than the first? And I said, I think it might be, you know. So where do you stand now? Uh, again, maybe it is tough. Maybe I do feel like the same as you. Um, I I do think the second one's better, though. I think you get more... There's just more... On the basis of like, there's more locations... Yeah. I think there's more story, isn't there? Well, there's more yeah, story. There's, there's more story. layer to it, yeah. Yeah, there is more story as well. So, yeah, I think the second one's better for me. I think the edge that the second one, like you say, more story, but there's not only is there more, but there's so there's like a bigger variation of characters and people who are important to the story. Yeah. Because if you if you if you think about the first one, outside of X X amount of the coppers are. Policeman number, policeman number four. Yeah, and 90, very much disposable. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? And then ninety-five percent of the people who like the, the like the villains and stuff are all hood like thug number seventy-five and stuff like that. <laughs> it's like they, they, you've got Mad Dog, you've got the big boss man, and you've got his his, his other guy, and then it's and the the, the bad like the copper is obviously with him who's a wrong one. Yeah, they, like, awesome. cool. Sorry, no, please go. Well, I was going to say, not to take you back to too much of a traumatic time, but um, if you recall when we were picking the films for the action bracket, mm. I hadn't seen Bad Boys 1 or 2. And I said to you, the only review I'd seen of Bad Boys 2 was that essentially it's the film Michael Bay would have made the first time around if he'd had the same budget. Mm-hmm. And do you think that's essentially what we get? As we know, it was written before with The Raid 2. This is the film he always wanted to make. He just needed the uh, outlet to be able to do it. 
yeah, very possibly, mate. But it does show it's strange, though, isn't it? Because what it really means, if say, if I don't, I, I imagine he's changed it once they make the first when they see what works, and little bits change. But if this is the outline that he had for the original film, it being more story driven, more bigger character arcs for more characters. Say if they would have let him make this one first and then make a sequel, think how different the actual sequel might have been. Yeah. Like mm. it, it could be it it could have been like wholly different. This the like it, it could have been far more layered and, and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. I, I, there's no there's absolutely like I say the first one in my mind is almost perfect. So I'm I'm not complaining. The fact that the studio wouldn't give him give him the budget is probably a blessing to be honest for for me personally. Yeah, apparently what what was happening was and it's it's happened with other films. Um, is they kind of agreed to it half-heartedly. And it happened with Joker, actually, and with Todd Phillips. They just keep cutting the budget and cutting the budget, hoping that you'll be put off enough that you pull out of it. Mm. Um, and I think they did that, and he was like, well, I'm not going to compromise the film I want to make. I'll make this work. Do you think it works if we get the same two films but the other way around? Because then you're shrinking it down rather than expanding. Like, if we take his idea of the third film at face value you've gone from apartment block to city to jungle and going across multiple countries does it work scaling it back after or are you then going to want more of what you had in the second i think you're disappointed if you swap it around i think you're disappointed in the story of the now sequel but it would i think if we were doing this and we were doing the, the raid and the raid two the other way around i think our op- our opening statements would have been if you take this for what it is it's brilliant. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? One of them where, it, where rather than talking about the story stuff, like, oh, if you just take this as two hours of people kicking, just fighting, then it is still brilliant. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot of choice. TK, what do you think the best scene is? Did, did you mention earlier you thought it could be the death of the precursor? Yeah, that whole scene from is in the nightclub where it goes from people in there to suddenly empty, silent, and obviously there's all these people pouring and he kills everyone until he gets killed himself. That's that's kind of one collective, a pretty good scene. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, there's loads we could go through here, isn't there? Because, yeah. <laughs> the, like, as they said in the review, the last 25, 30 minutes is just, I don't know, it's, it's just pure adrenaline, really. I couldn't believe when I paused it for a second just to see how long was left. And I saw there was only 25, and I knew everything that was still to come. I couldn't believe that was all happened in that space of time because yeah, yeah yeah you do just lose track of everything because you literally can't look away because you're going to see someone's head coming off you're going to see someone getting blown away just the house of cards style of everything just falling down at once it is excellent keenan what is the best scene for you so it's either the fight in the jail not in the cubicle like the fight in the yard yeah because that is just chaos <laughs> also, Joe, uh, at one point he legitimately just duke he just duked out a prison guard. <laughs> All I'm saying is, if he wasn't solid, he could have been a running back. He, <laughs> in, in, in that mud, in that mud, mate, he just duked out this prison guard and then spin, spins another one, no contact. You're just like, well, he's like his ankles are he, he's, like, he's more than ankle deep in mud. The spin, honestly, put, puts it on him like Zidane. 
see up. The, the uh, third raid film. He has a he has a career <laughs> as a running back. <laughs> Just follow his quest. There used to be a game on iPhone. I think um, the first uh, one I downloaded. You're an American football player, basically, and the controls you had were a spin and uh, just a jump and essentially mm. like that if you time the spin at the right time you were gone regardless of uh, who you're against and the way he goes past is like that because the guy just crumbles to the side of him <laughs> he is not only breaking ankles but he is actually oh, just breaking ankles he has to fit in that he, he digs the um, the knife yeah. in the guy's almost like calf and he pulls it down pulls it down does it as a killer fucking oh, disgusting <laughs> I think I've said this on the pod before and you remind me every time. What film is it? Oh, it's House of Wax, isn't it? Where where he snaps the Achilles. Yeah. Yeah. Jank. jank. This is is one of them where if, if say, you were in your office and I don't know what most your offices are like, um, whether it's more men, women in the ages, but if I was in my office and I explained, oh, I love this film. And I said, what's great about it? I was like, oh, the violence. Like, he sticks this knife in his calf and pulls it down. What the the hell is it? It doesn't sound like a very nice film. It would be hard to explain to most people what makes this yeah. great without looking like a psychopath. My other one of my other favourite scenes in this, and it's, it, I was going to say it's quite calm, but I suppose it is actually when he when Uko Bezo meet and they're in the restaurant and they have that full chat and they have like the full like the first business like they have the meeting. He's like, look, this is what I want. Yeah, and he's he's doing it. He's like plotting his future whilst he's just slaughtering those lads. Yeah, and he's just cutting throats. Even though there is, I mean, he, he literally cuts about 10 people's throats, so it is like over-the-top gratuitous violence. Because it's done at such a calm pace, it feels entirely different to so much like, of the film. And I was about to say, it is, isn't it? Totally different. Yeah, but he's literally the same. He is actually just killing people. But he's like, oh, yeah, yeah no, that sounds good. What, what, bit um, of land do you, what, what bit of land do you want? Not even looking at the guy whose throat he's just having yeah. a conversation. <laughs> there was a bit of trivia on this where they said essentially... The land that they agree to give away makes no sense if you're on the receiving end because the land they were giving away was essentially the richest part of town, which when you're a drug kingpin, <laughs> that's the last place you want. Like you want these impoverished areas where you can really kind of keep your foot on everyone's necks. So that would have been a horrible deal for him to make in actuality. Shoot, what was you saying? I was just spun there temporarily. Because I was on, uh, I was just getting up the cast on. Uh, on, on Is it the Kieran Knightley bit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then also, but not also that, Michelle Rodriguez as well. Mm. In what? The, if you uh, Google so the cast, <laughs> yeah. Google oh. the cast of Raid 2, Kieran Knightley and Michelle Rodriguez come up. And I was like, what? <laughs> Have I missed this? <laughs> no, you're fine, mate, because I kept keeping an eye out for her. And I was like, well. <laughs> I haven't seen a white woman yet, let alone Kira Knightley. <laughs> He's getting towards the end of the film. He's like, when did Kira come yeah. in then? What's going on? Quite a spot there, I can tell you. <laughs> well, we all know you would. Yeah, exactly. I think the best scene is, is the kitchen fight. Like, Fair. It's just another level. Being the one at, so that at the end, where they've got their kind of curved blades where you kind of hold it in your palm. Um, is how... Unreal. How... What I've noted down as well, like, how is Rama still... I mean, I know a lot of it is ridiculous, but this got me. Like, how is Rama still standing after his knee? Is like, a leg <laughs> like how, is, how does he just get up? Well, he said at the end, he gives it the no mass, doesn't he? He says, no more, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. 
Those two, the, the two Japanese like lieutenants, just like, yeah, all right, mate, it's in a bit. Just like walking like, walking through them, just causing all sorts of carnage that they're going to have to put a lot of effort into fix. And they're yeah. just like, oh, all right, mate, take care. You carry on. Yeah. I don't even need to ask who the MVP is, do I? No. no. If we go the raid one, one, the raid one, it, you could have made an argument, maybe, but we would. If we go on to uncut gems, then. Um, so the synopsis: with his debts mounting and angry collectors closing in, a fast-talking New York City jeweler risks everything in hope of staying afloat and alive. Critics' reviews: Sean, what do you think? Uh, I think they're good. I think I actually know it's Sandler, and they hate Sandler, so I'm going to say no. <laughs> Adam Sandler is sensational in nope. this intense, nail-biting, adrenaline-fueled thriller. Uh, the characters are morally bankrupt, which makes it difficult to care about any of their various plights or overall well-being, or even their ultimate outcomes. Uncut Gems is a near masterpiece of filmmaking, both in story and style. Uncut Gems isn't exactly an enjoyable experience, it's stressful and hectic and anxiety-provoking, but that doesn't take away from the fact that the Safdies have created a drama that is downright fascinating. And finally, most of us, if we're honest, will see at least a little bit of ourselves, albeit in our worst moments in Sandler's Ratner, and that is what makes Uncut Gems memorable. Sean, how much of yourself do you see in uh, Howard Ratner? <laughs> Not a lot. I'm relieved yeah. the critic said it because I, I did see a bit of myself in it. <laughs> Not a good thing. Just this weird thing that he's got where he does seem to think things are going to work out for him, despite no evidence to suggest that things are going to work out for him at all. <laughs> Every time he's like betting or whatever, you're thinking, what are you doing? That is, me, that is me on a Saturday with my eyes. Every time putting an accumulator on, thinking this will be the <laughs> one. Like, no, have you seen the last 40 weeks? What are you doing? Well, the biggest moment where... I felt like I could feel at least some part of him was when he's been picked up in the car and he's saying, you cancelled the bet. What the hell is wrong with you? Screaming yeah. at the guy that I, you would be raging. Yeah, we've all been fucked with the boogies, but I can't imagine his rage at that stage. <laughs> yeah. That is the ultimate. He's gone to press it in play and they fucked him. I, I can't begin to comprehend how he must have been feeling. Um, I'll take you through the trivia then. So, it was Julia Fox's idea for her character to have Howard's name tattooed on her cheeks. She thought it just felt right. <laughs> she take a moment out in this to say what an absolute dime she is. I mean, and this is overlooking. We've spoken about Amber Heard in this. I mean, I'm overlooking when I say how phenomenal she is in this. But there's picture evidence of her milking a goat with her teeth. You know the picture as well, don't you, TK? I... Don't know, do I? We did it at the time. There was a picture of her. It came out, and people were essentially saying the worst thing is this actually doesn't change the way <laughs> I look at her at all. Christ of lives. Just seen that Adina Menzel is 50, and that has shook me. She in this is phenomenal at just playing a grumpy bitch, but she's actually quite spot on in almost everything she says. I've got here, she's kind of got the, I know like Skylar White kind of mastered it, but you constantly feel that this woman is overreacting and being a real bitch, when in truth, she isn't really kicking off enough. The bloke is getting ambushed at his daughter's school and left naked in the boot, and she should be going mad, really. She's pretty tolerant. Also, one thing I will say, the lad who's doing all of this is his brother-in-law. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, if, <laughs> yeah. if you're my missus and your brother's doing that to me and you're not saying, hey, look, like, slow it down, one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I know he's a businessman, he's got things to do, but also, do you not not one of them where maybe don't lend my husband, who's obviously got a debilitating fucking gambling problem. Maybe, <laughs> maybe don't lend him under grand. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. These characters, you can only feel so bad for them when he fucks about with their money. Because, well, yeah. look, what about this guy made you think he was trustworthy? Yeah. In what I think may replicate the Mel Gibson moment if you could direct your eyes to the group chat, because I've just sent you the picture of uh, Julia Fox, who says, well, you're thirsty in the middle of the night on a farm in the middle of nowhere, so you grab the first udder in sight. I know this is relatable. That's insane. And it doesn't put you off at all, does it? <laughs> no, not particularly. <laughs> he does play... The... <laughs> Quite the opposite. Genuinely, what puts me off more? Someone please go to her Wikipedia page. The photo they've used of used of her in her wiki page is actually slanderous. Not great, is it? <laughs> that's, that's... Oh my god! <laughs> Thank you. I'd rather see her milking the goat again. What is that? <laughs> so, she looks frumpy. So I mean, the, the way she got cast in this, and you can make your own mind up about what this means, is um, so she has no acting training or anything at all. They say. She was just a recognisable face in the uh, New York club scene, and oof, the directors, oof. the directors, thought she had a certain uh, charm about it. And they said, saw a, they saw a milk and a goat in the club. Said, "Do you want to be in this new film with Adam Sandler?" Basically, and she said, "Yeah, sure, <laughs> let's do it." Not a bad gig. And, uh, you go from there. Um, so Adam Sandler's wife convinced him to take on the role after reading the screenplay and watching Good Time, which actually is another film we're doing later in the bracket. But that's the film that uh, kind of brought these directors, the Safdie brothers, in, into the public eye, um, the film with uh, Robert Pattinson. Yussi um, is played by a real-life jeweller, Maxud Agajani, who was embroiled in a social media spat with rapper Takashi69 in 2018 over a $25,000 bracelet he said he lent the performer and was never paid for. So you do have a real life jeweler in the mix. Yeah. Who's that making a racket there, disturbing this uh, otherwise you? perfect pod? It's not me. <laughs> it's it's, perfect pod. it's not me. <laughs> Kevin Garnett was cast as the NBA star only after The Weeknd was cast in the film. Uh, the Safdies were looking for NBA players who were active at the same time as The Weeknd was a public person performing shows in New York City. Um, Garnett was cast for his performance in the 2012 NBA playoffs that matched the plot of the film. One great game, one subpar game, another great game, all in a relative short period of time. Um, Garnett had also previously expressed an interest in acting, so... Uh, they stood out. Good choice. Yeah. Um, the other ones that were uh, rumoured around the time, uh, if they were going to do it closer to now, uh, Joel Embiid um, wanted to be in it, but they were filming it during the season. And uh, Amari Staudemeyer was actually the first choice because um, Sandler and the two directors are all massive Knicks fans. On his so, character in this film, you'd think he'd get like Ben Simmons. And he'd be like, why isn't he shooting? I bet <laughs> on him to shoot um, so being fans of Sandler, the Safdie brothers went to him in around 2011 to take on the role to no success. 
They then offered the part to Sasha Baron Cohen and Harvey Keitel. Uh, following their directorial turns in Heaven Knows What and Good Time, the pair then cast Jonah Hill in the part before ultimately going back to a more age-appropriate Sandler, who then finally agreed. They got their man in the end. It did work out. Yeah, Julia Fox's character was originally named Sadie, but Adam Sandler asked for that to be changed as it's his daughter's name. <laughs> Fair enough. Sadie Sandler. And the Safdie brothers actually turned down an offer from Marvel to make this film instead. Um, despite liking the film they were offered, and no one actually knows which film it was, uh, they turned it down saying that they'd rather make a film they were passionate about. Respect. Or Keenan might like that. I do. I just, I'm sorry, my immediate thought was I wonder what film it was. Yeah. I think it one of the Ant Man ones, they asked a number of directors and they were kind of shifting it around and maybe someone like that. Yeah, I was just wondering when they really started looking. I wonder when it was though. Oh, sorry. We'll move on. I could do this all day. Yeah. Um, So what I think what are your thoughts on this film first, TK? I really enjoyed it on um, the second time I watched it. I actually enjoyed it more other than obviously knowing how it ends, which is a pretty big thing. But aside from that, I did actually really enjoy it. I don't think I was fully focused on it the first time I watched it. I really enjoyed it the second time. Having said that, if uh, if Sean watched it hungover, this feels like an unforgiving film to watch hungover because there's so much (laughs) chaos going on. I know the whole point of, I guess, how it's shot is that basically he's always got someone in his ear because he owes him money or needs something or whatever. The whole thing basically is very loud and hectic. But uh, yeah, that would have been a bit much for me to take in. (laughs) Keenan, you thought it was just okay? It was all right. I mean, you, yeah, and T- you and TK have now sold me on the idea of watching it again because you both told me you enjoyed it more. The yeah, my, I will actually say, so I didn't end up watching Hover, I just watched it today. Um, I'm sober, so, but oh, yeah, good choice. Like, it would have been a good, yeah, there's nowhere to finish watching it, I don't think. <laughs> um, but yeah, my view was it was a lot better the second time I watched it than the first time as well. I still don't, I don't think it's amazing. I'm, I'm probably more on the it's okay side but i definitely enjoyed it more than the first time the first time i watched that i felt like the start was start was okay i was into it and then pretty much the whole middle of the film i was like i'm just what is this i'm just not interested at all and then the end obviously got me i think i was probably one of the most shook i've ever been at the end of another film <laughs> when that happens um but yeah I, I enjoyed it more which is strange thinking that obviously the ending is such a massive part that I enjoyed it more the second time around. The first time I watched it was when there was no sports um, on during the first lockdown. I remember it being a Saturday night and there being nothing on. And so just sticking this on and doing it in its place. But I liked liked it the first time. Um, I thought it was very good. The second time around, I don't know, maybe just little things stood out to me a bit more um, that I appreciate, but I think it actually improved it for me, knowing what happened at the end, weirdly, because you were seeing kind of the cracks slowly start to appear, knowing what was going to uh, ultimately be his demise. I guess um, that probably... I I did think I was watching the second time around thinking I have more sympathy for this character. Maybe you are right. That in my mind, I think I know this doesn't end well for him. Yeah. But as the first time around, I was thinking, this is just kind of annoying. I think this guy probably needs to grow up a bit and it's just being massively irresponsible with huge sums of money. 
Yeah, you do have more of affection for him the second time. Yeah, that, that first I'm thinking, like, why are you going and pawning this ring? Why is enough, this money just not quite enough? Well, no, I guess the thing that is the issue for him is everything does always seem to work out, seemingly. Um, each thing he's managed to kind of keep on the back burner, and up until now he's kept everyone kind of off his back just long enough to get things sorted and then... Uh, or from the next person and go from there again. So it's not a fun life for him, but... but he, yeah, he does also, like, certain things don't really add up. So, for example, like, the with the auction where he's trying to get, like, 175 grand back, whatever, to pay that guy. But he's only ever going to be just paying them back. He's never actually making money. He kind of thinks, like, well, if I can just sell this, then I'll make a load of money. No, you've just got to give him that money back that you now owe him. That's the only thing that's going to happen here. If he'd won that 600k, he'd have been all right. Yeah, yeah. He could have settled down after that. I mean, the, the bloke is actually a, the definition of a degenerate, so he, was a, he would only have wanked that away anyway, but nonetheless. That is the small mercy with his ultimate demise, is that he'd have only pissed this up the wall anyway. Yeah. So. Imagine giving him 1.2 mil, and he's, he's laying 18 folds. Right? He's, he's going straight on roulette, like, right, yeah. what's going on? What a dream Julia's had, though. Almost. Also, how much have you got to trust someone? A to give them the money in the first place. Oh, will you go and get that bet on for me? I know yeah. he's like, I know he I know he's do or die. But although he's got the money there just to pay him back and yeah, probably wants some interest and probably beat the shit out of them. But nonetheless, he's got he then so yeah, go and get this on, trusting that she's not just gonna fuck off with it. Yeah. Two, two also when you see that wins, the 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 like my old body would be shaking, thinking, well, she's actually... Yeah. I say, obviously, he sees it, but not for very long. Um, but if he doesn't... If he don't get shot, and he's waiting for her to come back, that'd be the worst few hours of your life. It'd be like, that's 1.2 million, 1.2 million, 1.2 million. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be like... It'd be Charlie Jack Nicholson in The Shining. I wouldn't be able to say anything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This woman I'm having an extra marital affair with... Yeah. He has all my money. <laughs> and can't go wherever she wants right now. So originally, um, when they first filmed it, she didn't have that ending. It was kind of left open as to what happened to her. Um, and you were going to see the bet win. She wasn't ever going to collect the money, go to the car or anything like that. Um, but when they had the first kind of run through and they showed it to uh, the studio and the early fan screenings, people had really taken to her character and they did want to have some kind of ending for her. So I guess you don't know how it's going to end. You'd imagine she probably finds herself in another situation. But at least for them, they wanted to have some kind of concrete solution for her and Sandler's character. Um, just quickly, Wikipedia, just yeah. quickly, boy, sorry. Did we did we land on doing like a Brit crime film for, for this? For this bracket? Yeah, we, yeah, we've got... Um, we did. Snatch, oh. We've got Lockstock. I've, um, just thought, I've, I've just thought of like... Because it's ba- ba- basically there's a point near that's so similar to what we're talking about now. It's just popped into my head. I can't believe I've not said it to you. I'm really disappointed in myself. What's that? It's called St George's Day. If you look, if any, if three of you Google the cast, right, look at it, and it's almost every actor that you think is going to be in it is in. It is <laughs> I in do it. have an image in my head. Yeah. Please, please do. Have, please do Google it, and every actor that you think might be in it is in it. The call again, St George's. St George's Day. Oh my God! Even just, the poster alone is telling me. Yeah, please have a look. The only one that should be in there and isn't is Leo Gregory. 
for those who don't know, bother from Greensboro. <laughs> straight away. Straight away. Directed by Billy Look, Bright from, uh, from Factory. Frank, Directed Frank, and starring. Incredible. Frank Harper's in it. Craig Fairbrass is in it. The kid who plays Rod in the Football Factory is in it. I can never remember his name. There's so many of them. But basically, this got a very similar ending. Charles Dance is in it. Which Charles is weird, Dance isn't as well. it? I was about to say, is that Charles Dance there? Yeah, it is Charles Dance. I wasn't expecting that bit. For Ashley the record. Walters as well. Yeah, Ashley Walters is in it. For the record, lads, if you get a chance to watch it, because it's not going to go on the pod, please watch it. It's shit, but it's so good. It's I love that film so much. It may, it's so ridiculous, but I genuinely really, really like it. I must have seen it about four times. It is on Amazon Prime. It is on Amazon Prime. We do have Football Factory and Green Street coming up, so uh, oh, no. both, uh, all those actors uh, That is going to be a huge pod. Oh. I mean... Julia Fox, her Insta, her and her Instagram, oh, that is something. Her Wikipedia. <laughs> Don't is let just, your mind drift, Byron. Come on. No, it's just something in itself. It's it's very short, but if I just take you through the highlights, um, she worked with several service jobs, including a shoe store, an ice cream shop, and a pastry shop. She also attended City of School High High School and worked as a dominatrix for six months. Um, Blimey. How much are you paying for those services, Byron? <laughs> that's, that's not a bit of me. <laughs> She worked as a model, posing for the last nude edition of Playboy in 2015. Self-published two books of photography. Um, Fox hosted an art exhibit titled R.I.P. Julia Fox, which featured silk canvases painted with her own blood. Jesus. You scuzzy bitch. She just doesn't say no to a job, does she? She's like, yeah, say yes. She's married to a uh, private pilot based out of Brooklyn whose uh, family are Russian deacons. Um, everything about her just seems mental. But, Even on uh, there, born 1989 or 1990. Yes, yes. Either or, whichever one, <laughs> which. Her when she's got Sandler in in their uh, wardrobe. Not everyone's getting away with that. Sean, if you do that, it's probably not ending the same way ends for Sandler. It's oh, a creepy scene, isn't it? It's a creepy scene, that. It's like she shoots got less charm than Ratner. <laughs> if so, he's right, a char- Ratner's a charming man it's the only way he gets out of some of these scrapes he's got a fucking slime ball nah I feel like that situation that situation's fine like if it's some random woman who you don't know then quite clearly you're not going to get away with that but they've clearly got a relationship there so I reckon that's sound you think that's fine okay yeah yeah Get that on record. It's nice, nice to know where your line is, Sean. <laughs> Breaking and entering is absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. At, at first, I uh, thought in history su- suggested it would just be me and Sean, uh, me and uh, Keenan on this podcast. So Keenan, I do have this oh, a little question. Freudian, Freudian. <laughs> I do have this question for you. So, um, at the start of the film, uh, Howard is at a garbage day. Um, he goes into his room and. Uh, Julia says, just come and have a cuddle. Everything will be all right. That's what your day out. You've had some rough days at work lately. Is, 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 that, is that solving your day? I've had some rough days in life recently, mate. Um, <laughs> cuddle, I mean, it goes, I reckon that goes some of the way, doesn't it? Sure. I mean, yeah, I've probably got a smile on my face, but I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if it fixes the fixes at whole log. Would you, the worst thing, I've seen it the second time, the first time I thought is how uncomfortable he'd be in his leather jacket in bed. Yeah, <laughs> you really are getting old, mate. Like, no, because I'm, I'm always hot. He's thinking, like, take your shoes off. As it is, and he's getting in. Does it, her mate seems 
more buzzing for it than he is. Uh, she's a goer. Julia, Julia should be having a little look at things there. She's a goer. <laughs> she's got it all made up, hasn't she? I mean, you're asking if uh, you're asking if you think it would make you feel better. I felt bad watching the film. Him going in for a cuddle, I was like, go on, just go and have a cuddle. You, you're not a bit smart. Get in there. Go on, go on Bab, you'll be all right. Make me feel better. <laughs> yeah, apparently, um, she offered to the directors to uh, not be wearing the lingerie in the scene that. She does wear it in. Of course she and they did. said, no, we'll, we'll keep it on. So as if, as if they've, not, fo- week, as if they've not folded like Scorsese. Yeah, that's what <laughs> we had last week. Uh, I'm telling you, Marty, but... I'm telling you, Marty's one of the last good ones. I don't know, I think it's... Look at what he does for the boys in that film. <laughs> None of that in this. Sorry. They're actually having to tell Julia Fox to keep clothes on. Just yeah. behave yourself, will you, for five minutes. My notes down, I've just got those cheeks <laughs> <laughs> of course you fucking have sound sex now like an old man with uh, predictive text back when you had the old Nokia's doing the U's and uh, R with just the letter nothing fucks me off more in this day and age texting or oh, I hate texting but texting is so easy to do now if you, yeah. do, if you don't write yeah, you, force, it, if you don't you're write going out of your sentences. way to do it now aren't you if you yeah. put in MA you're going out of your way to do that now yeah it, if you don't write in full sentences now there's no excuse for it surely um... Keenan you messaged me the other day saying WUU2 <laughs> Sean your number's not even saved in my phone mate <laughs> I'll be honest it pops up plus, pops up in that WhatsApp plus 44 <laughs> that is very disrespectful <laughs> Yeah, it's one hundred percent true. <laughs> Garnet. He's treated you like a bird. He doesn't. <laughs> Garnet and the weekend are both in the Rex Ryan Hall of Fame, surely. Gar- see, this is I have Gar- this Garnet. Garnet. No, I think he's playing Garnet. himself. Garnet. He's can't... a cameo. He's a cameo role. It's not a cameo. Though, that is not the... a cameo, is he's it? He's in the film for about fucking twelve minutes. He is literally crucial to the entire thing. Yeah, Garnet's not in the Rex the Ryan Hall of Fame. The fact he's in as Kevin Garnett, I think I think he should be in there. It's not a cameo though, it's the problem. It's not a cameo, yeah. He's almost in it too much to be a fucking side character. Yeah, I was gonna say he's going to Oh wait, main. I'm I'm arguing he's the MVP. <laughs> well, I mean personally. Well his performance does bits, doesn't it? Sean, um if Julia's your bird and uh, <laughs> she comes out of the toilet saying it's fine, I was just doing coke with the weekend. Is that fine with you? Here's the weekend. For context, for those who haven't seen the film, we mean the rapper not just start getting on the gear. Because he's not start getting on the gear because it's Friday night. She's been in there for two nights straight. In a toilet. The trade-off, isn't it? If you appreciate those those cheeks. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't react like like rat. I'm not going to start a fight with the weekend while all of his crew are there. But... Do you have? A, I mean, probably not. Realistically, Sean, do you say it's all good if you just offer me a key? As far as insults go, when they're arguing outside the club, um, Sandler saying, uh, "What were you selling? Your fucking hot snatch?" Is, <laughs> is, is like, is that an insult? <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. 
said you blew a huge deal for me. What were you selling? Your fucking hot snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Sandler, when he's playing someone who's angry, is fucking sensational. Absolutely. I was. I, I really wanted to piece up the weekend as well. <laughs> yeah. I've got nothing yeah. against the weekend, but I wanted Sandler to stick it on him. Would you have liked... I think I would have liked more Salik cameos. It would have been great if they got them all in. Like, get Big Ray in and... Ray Allen in. Just, why not? Yeah. And then they could have been in the Rex right. Yeah. That would have been the biggest yeah. thing of their career as well. I know you did all the trivia, trivia at the start about who, who it could have been. Yeah. Well, I've just read that they offered it to Kobe as well. So what I read was that Kobe was considered, but essentially when he'd said previously that he had an interest in uh, being in the movies, it was directing rather than actually being in front of the camera. So it was it was a no-go pretty early. Oh, okay. I, don't know, I, I, just I think Garnett list, but... is a good... Good choice. Have you ever seen... Um, it's a good level of stardom without being yeah. big. Have you ever seen the KG interview with, with Bill Simmons? Great guy. Um, where they're talking about all this stuff. They do a pod with him and it's like, like yeah. there's little clips of it. That's, That's pretty cool yeah. to listen to. Yeah, it's good. Is Sam That's, on it as well or is it just him? The one I've seen... I think there is in an interview with them both, but the one I'm talking yeah. about mate, is, um, is just, uh, it's just, just, just KG. Um, okay. They basically just spend about 10 minutes sucking Adam Sandler off how good he is at basketball. <laughs> if um, this podcast starts going downhill, Sean, if we do um, a rewatch of um, Heat Spurs and Ray Allen can save our legacy too. <laughs> yeah. That's a good shout. Oh, genuinely, nothing you've said in the last year and a bit has gone over my head like that. <laughs> I know Ray Allen. watching I, a first take. I don't want those. Sports show. Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. You know Skip Bayless, don't you? I know who they are. I know yeah, like, Undisputed. Undisputed. I used to have a little little listen to. Yeah. Keenan, what's the angriest you've ever got while betting? Oh, it's two. One, I was probably a bit too young to understand it fully, but I was, I was more annoyed. No, was I? Hmm. So, no, actually, I'm chatting what. Um, one, when I was 16, um, it was the year, 2011, it was, 2011. The year long, the year long run won the Cheltenham Gold Cup. Me and my dad, it was the first Gold Cup, or Gold Cup day I'd ever been to. Me and my dad and my dad's best mate, we were all there, and we basically like seven folds flying all over the gaff. <laughs> like literally, just like why not? Oh, this combo, this combo. Basically, gets to get. get oh, I was more annoyed after the fact. Basically, it was a horse called Baby Run that fucking it was cruising and it fucking it just it just. I don't know it's just fucking just killed itself not literally <laughs> but doesn't win doesn't win the race we're annoyed anyway because there's different multiples and stuff and I'm annoyed because I needed it in like a treble for a little bit of money come the end of the day we end up with six out of seven with six out of seven winners and like my dad's best mate's talking like thousands my old man's talking like thousands which when I'm 16 if Big Paul's winning winning a couple of grand I can yeah. guarantee I can guarantee you he's weighing the boy in my god yeah. so I like I, I I'm looking at this better thinking because I'm only I'm only 16. I'd like, I'm, not, I'm earning like the tiniest like little bit of money working in Tesco, so I'm not betting like a lot. But I would have won a couple of hundred quid. But I guarantee you back then, if my old man's winning a couple of grand and he's had a few beers, yeah, mate, just yeah, mate, pay for your day. <laughs> so I'm very I'm I'm absolutely screwing. I'm fucking furious, mate. My old man's if you if you next time if any of you mainly Byron, it's probably the most likely Byron. If you ever see my dad again, ask ask him about it. He will tell you the exact same thing. Cause it was um, <clears throat> it was Sam Wally Cohen, 
was the youngest Wally Cohen who rode the horse, and my dad was like, I swear to fuck, if I would have caught him that day, I would have killed him. <laughs> he, 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 broke, he broke his leg coming off the horse, and my dad was like, I swear to fuck, I would have caught him that day, I would have broke his neck. Kid was about, kid was about 17, mind. My old man's like, yeah, he's just done out here. <laughs> he's not seen me in years, and the first thing I bring up is just his worst betting experience. <laughs> <laughs> One of his worst betting experiences is actually also one of his best. One of the first times he ever went racing, he was just out of being an apprentice and he was pretty skint. Uh, he put on too much money on an each way bet on like, some absolute dead, like, rag-ass rank outsider. And uh, he was like, he was like, almost in tears because like, he'd, he'd put a lot, like, for like, relatively, he'd put like, loads on. He, made, like, he basically missed a decimal point when putting the bet on. <laughs> Novice, essentially. Um but he, the horse ended up winning at like a ridiculous price, and he was like, "Yeah, it's one of the best days of my life." <laughs> but he, he was like, "If you like again, he's just like, yeah." It's, he was like, because he was with people who like, like people who went racing with his bosses and stuff. They had quite a lot of money, and when he told them how much he put on, they were all like, "Oh, you're all right." And he basically pride took hold, and he was like, "Yeah, it's fine, just ride it, just ride it." And inside, he was like, "Yeah," so he's just like, "Yeah," that's like basically wanted to cry. Um, and then the other one, my probably my worst one, because I was older. And I had more money riding on it. it was when fucking Annie Power crashed, crashed real ass and fell in Chatham. <laughs> fucking disgrace. Like, I don't know. that day. And that's more than 9 11. There's people who can tell you where they were when that <laughs> was. Matt, I, I, can t- I can tell you exactly where I was. I can tell you what fuck- what table I was sat at in the old members' bit of Cheltenham. Uh, in the members' bit of Cheltenham. Fucking Ruby Walsh, one of the best jockers ever. But remember... he's, he's cunning me that day. I remember with when at the course and Byron, you were there as well. With you know what I mean, Harry. Yeah, similar thing. <laughs> that bastard horse. That was horrible as well. It's I find it hard to be angrier like at a horse though. Like my angriest is Peter Wright missing six darts at a single <laughs> double to win the Premier League when I had him outright. Um, oh, before he's thrown the sixth, he stopped and just shook his head on the stage. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> he actually um, knows. I've never seen anything like it. It was a it was a plain give up right <laughs> in front of my eyes. And it, it used to happen every darts final because the year before, um, I've put £7.50 on um, there to be a nine-darter in uh, Chizzy against uh, Van Barneveld, so two other bastards, and uh, it was at, it was over twenty to one, and Barney the one dart to complete the nine darter, and he just chucked it at the board like he wasn't trying, and just stood on the stage cackling to himself. Poor cunt. Uh, <laughs> so I'll tell you actually one boy. This would make, this might make you all laugh. Um, do not so not last season, the season before. Was it during lockdown? During the first lockdown. Do you remember Istanbul Bekashir won the um Turkish League for the first time? Yeah. Right, so don't think it's last season, season before. Basically, last day of the season, all the games kick off at the same time. They needed to better Trapson's result to win the league. So but so they yeah, they uh, if if both teams won, they needed to would need to win by more goals, basically. Gets about seventieth minute, one one the Istanbul. Istanbul well, I've got it on BT Sport. I'm like watching this because it was about six hundred quid. I am fucking religiously watching this, right? Power cut in fucking Istanbul, <laughs> right? So both games kicked off at the same time. There's a ten minute, ten minute. So there was two basically. It might have been earlier than the seventy fifth because there was two power cuts during the game. You can go fucking YouTube this as well because I've done it. Um, basically, first power cut goes. Traps on game still going on. 
it's what it's one all, and I'm saying fucking hell. Right, so about 15 minutes, game goes back on, gets to about the 83rd, 83rd minute is the second power cut. During the second power cut, the whistle goes in fucking traps on. They've drawn one all. Istanbul Bekashir find out they've won the league with 10 minutes to go when they should have finished at the same time. The last 10 minutes of that game, when you've got fucking the subs. Mate, the subs are like taking their boots off, shirts off, and all this. The coach, <laughs> the coach turns around. He's not even like the manager's not even watching the game at this point. <laughs> they know they've won the league. You got fucking players running up and down the side of the pitch with flags and all. I am fucking raging. I think <laughs> just get look like they're keeping like Istanbul suddenly, mate. They start, they start, they've not played it out from the back once this whole game. Next thing you know, they're they're pick, they're, they're putting switches between fullbacks. <laughs> like. I, I've got some right back I've never heard of trying to play sixty yard diags. Oh, <laughs> mate, I was so angry. They, well, mate, they, they brought Rabinio on. Oh, it's like actual kid. Bet's dead. I thought he was in prison. <laughs> no, no, not mate. Rabinio comes off the pitch. Fair play to him. Actually, I've never been prouder of him. Picks up on the halfway line, just runs it towards the corner. Legend. I was gonna say the most, the most frustrating bet as Byron's had quite a lot recently. I think. Is when you bat the spread on an NFL game and then oh. the team just like doesn't kick a field goal or, or they do kick a field goal, it screws it either way. That actually worked in my favour this weekend though because I had two bets that were clinging on and then I saw that the team that were losing had used all their timeouts before the two-minute warning and so they, were just, they just took a knee for the rest of the game and uh, saw out my win. Not very much, though. I saw my profit loss. For, I accidentally saw it. It's not something I want to see. Yeah, I should never post a wager again. What is it? I'm not going to uh, disclose that on the pod. But uh, Is it less than four figures? Is it less than four figures? Yeah. Oh, you find them. Is it closer <laughs> to four figures? or No. Zero? No. Oh, stop it's, bitching, then. It's just a loss, though. It went, when you bet for the year and you've got <laughs> a loss, it, it's not good because... You played. You played play a game. Sometimes you lose. That's life. Well, it seems I've lost almost every time. We're getting philosophy on this pod as well. Hey, five times undefeated, Keenan. No one wins at the game of life. Exactly, mate. Oof. Exactly. Oof. All right. If we drop back to uh, uncut gems. I mean, this film um, is almost exclusively about betting. So I somehow yeah, think, yeah. We'll, I think we'll be back here. All four of no. us like to bet. I feel like we're going to recircle <laughs> this. Yeah. Um, a couple of the things I had down, his son having a race car bed, um, just looked like something I would have liked when I was a kid. But his other one, if I was dunking the basketball in what sounds like a like a metal hoop, just in the middle of the evening, people in the house would be kicking off at the, at the noise I'm making there. Wouldn't you just come downstairs and say, oh, he's excited, it's a big game. He's making a racket out there. <laughs> and the, the way the money is for the rest of the film, I wouldn't think she'd be having it. No, she, it's him she hates. Not the kids. Know, but she's, she's on a tight leash. How did you feel about her microwaving that chicken? That made me feel a bit ill. Disgraceful. Like, actually, disgraceful. I, I didn't Joe, like that. Joe, something genuinely, this is going to sound... So, because we've always had dogs in the ice, my nan used to, still does now, actually, to feed the dogs, she'll microwave chicken, and it's... Hey, it smells fucking disgusting. <laughs> like, like, no. No, I can't put it into words. Somehow... Just vile. It's like enough to make you heave. Also, obviously, because all it does is vibrate water. There's no, 
obviously like vibrations of what what causes it to, to heat up because there's no flame on it or anything like that it just comes out the worst color like it's just if someone served it in front of me and so say if someone had bought it for me and they were like oh this is like 100 pound i'd say i don't want it you're <laughs> you're quite good with that though because um i've seen you take plenty of dogs home for fuck's sake. Jesus. For fuck's sake. That's freaking wheezy laughing. Do you know what fucks me off? Is he's just got these in the back lock. Yeah, just waiting. <laughs> just waiting. This, this is a man who does not get out of the ice enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back, back to the film. <laughs> Right. Do you need to pause this again whilst you catch your breath? <laughs> no, 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 I'm all right. No, I'm all right. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, how under threat did you, did Julia have to feel where the safest thing to do was to go up to that creep's room? I mean, I think it, it was quite clear there's a, a threat there. I, I it looked like there was a threat up there as well. <laughs> yeah, but... She could probably manage that threat a bit more. You know what great choice He says, you're watching the game. I love that. <laughs> He's looking at himself in the mirrors. You reminded me a bit of you, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Protecting women at the end. So, uh... <laughs> it's a lot of trusting, isn't she? Asking him to collect the cash. I know. Yeah, again. But... As TK said a second ago, she makes poor choices. <laughs> each each their own everyone's entitled to do what they want as long as they inherit anyone else but what do you reckon to, happens pretty much every 50-50 she gets wrong really yeah she needs a bit she needs a bit of savvy someone at some point needs to sit her down and go oh, catch yourself on what do you reckon happens to Julia because obviously oh, she, big, she's got 1.2 mil she, she probably ends up doing a lot more coke with the weekend I think she lasts less than a week till she's killed yeah, she doesn't last long without money. Someone's getting that. Honestly, do you know, like, as much as I always want to win big in a casino, genuinely, it's like my biggest fear in the back of my mind is if I win massive, like, do I get back to the car? I think it every time <laughs> I'm in a casino. We, me and Ford, me and Ford are in Warsaw Saturday. And I was like, because it was, it was it, mate, it wasn't even like a lot of money, but it's just like, because you're in like an unfamiliar place and like whatever it is. And you're just like, well, because if, say, if I win this tournament, I think, I can't remember what they're paying out. You'd have to ask Rory. It weren't like, loads and loads but it was a few a few hundred quid to, to the winner and i was like well if i win that i will inevitably try and just spin it up doing something i was like well i'm sure if i just end up winning a lot i like the nerves have you have you ever i did it once to pay my to pay my mum pay my mum back some money once i owed her i owed her i owed her a few of like it's about three grand i owed her um and when I got paid, when I came back from Oz, this is like when I was like 19 before I had mobile or online bank or anything. I had to go and get it out of Nat West, <laughs> put it inside my coat pocket, and I must have looked like the shiftiest fucker <laughs> yeah. in the world. It's like, yeah. it's, it's like two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon like, <laughs> in, in Cheltenham Town Centre. I've just come out of the bank. I'm basically like ripping my, gripping my own chest so hard. I've either got a lot of money on me or I'm, carry, or I'm carrying a bomb. I'm all, like, I'm that nervous. I'm almost like shuffling home. I used like, to have that. I used to have that with uh, like going on holiday travel. I always used to, used yeah. to do it with cash instead of cards. So yeah, I yeah. had like loads of cash on me. Having to get back from the travel agents to home. Yeah. Collecting that Zante spending money. And I'm yeah. walking through the streets of Brockwart. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it just freaks me out. At at the end of the film, when obviously this does all come crashing down for him, do you? Surely he didn't. He couldn't have thought everything was just going to be sound. Like he just lets them out of that box, and they're going to say, "No worries, you won the catch." It's not even like he can pay them immediately. Like surely he didn't think. Yeah, I'd have been very wary of that one guy. I I'm was very like, wary of him. I kept thinking, why didn't he open the other door? Like, why didn't he let him out that door? Yeah. There, yeah, but there's a difference between worrying. He opens worrying. both at the same time, then. I guess he probably thinks that, look, I've got the money now. That's what they wanted, so... They, they might, might give me a shoe-in, but they know yeah. they'll get the money. They know I've won it. And so maybe they'll get, he'll get off. There's a big difference between thinking he's going to fucking come out and shoot me square. In, shoot <laughs> I me mean, square. He's not even flinching. He's grinning. I mean, to be honest... Too. I was watching the fucking See, thing. I didn't think he was going to shoot him. I mean, future planning, yeah, not a big thing on Howard. No. <laughs> Doesn't do a lot of it. Howie. In Howie's situation, I'm not letting him in. No, no I'd keep him there for a couple of days until she comes back with a 1.2 and be like, look, here's another 100k for your troubles. Yeah, once, what Keenan said, I don't think I'm actually speaking to anyone until I see her with that money. I don't think I'm doing anything until I yeah. see that cash. Once you've won that cash, you probably don't want to hand any over either. I mean, again, he is a, an out, an outright degenerate. There is in in like in, in like the real world, someone like that wins that sort of money. There is, there's like a one percent chance that the person they owe it to sees it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going straight on the next thing. Yeah. Would you rather have that opal or the diamond encrusted Furby? The opal. Sure. Yeah. What, what the, the hell have I just heard? What the fuck do I want with a diamond encrusted fur? <laughs> it just looks cool, doesn't it? No, they're creepy. They actually made some of them up and sold them after the success of the film. And people, and they sold out in, about, in less than an hour. Do you know what they were selling for? No. Sorry, I asked. That was all I know the answer. I really don't. Of all, just, of all the things I, in that film, like I couldn't get. That was where I was like, "What am I seeing here?" <laughs> when they were showing, I was like, "What." I guess it, the point where they were making is just the things people spend their money on when they're rich, basically. Yeah, even Garnett's obsession with the Opal was throwing me a bit. It's, like, it's a fucking rock, mate. Come on. How, how I'll be you... honest. If, mo- if money was no object, I would have some absolute shit in my house. Not, not, <laughs> yeah. like, like, I'm not even bothering. Like, the stuff that I would like to collect would probably change it. Like, not, it's not like dark or anything, but it's just that weird and that <laughs> probably... It, I know what Byron's going to say. I'll be uh, honest. You clarifying that made it darker. <laughs> yeah, but you know what he's going to say, TK. He's going to say something fucking outlandish, so I might as well yeah. just try and cut him off there. He's going to try I, and corrupt the listeners against you. I, I told Troy before that if I won the lottery, I think in my first uh, five purchases, um, I would want the spinner belt that Edge had in WWE back in the day. So I really <laughs> wanted shot. that when I was younger. And I just want to walk around the house spinning it around with uh, the R on there. Me and my, me and my brother had the, like, obviously the, like, the toy version of it from Argos and this is yeah. back when we were both really young and we used to have a room with bunk beds on it. Used to yes. sling it up right at the top end far end and just used to have our own version of a ladder match basically to win it you had to get up <laughs> and be, be after you had to like get up and basically be able to put it on whilst you're on whilst put it around yourself whilst you were on that top bunk fucking hell how annoyed of us how we aren't dead I don't know <laughs> when I he, mate he's about eight so I'm just chucking him off top bunk about six times in 15 minutes yeah. our, well, our, our, our only rule was no it into the face <laughs> early purchases if you win the lottery like I mean, someone can say different. You, you, you can't just like buy a house like that. Like it's 
but you could say two three hundred quid is no longer a thing to me like i could just fork out for some weird shit like that like I'd love, a gladiator, I'd love a gladiator's helmet as well. The first thing I buy actually isn't that weird, but it's genuinely if I if I ever win the lottery, I'll tell you the first thing I'm going to buy, and it would just be in cash, would be an Aston Martin DB5. It'd be James, James Bond's car. It would just, it, I'd just buy it, and that then then I'd figure out what I'm going to do the rest of my life. But I would just buy that, and then we can go from there. If we go to the categories, how rewatchable do you think it is, Keener? Uh, I didn't until you lot keep telling me that I need to see it again because it gets better. <laughs> I meant to ask you, actually, how, how did you feel about the opening of the film? So, they give you, you can do without, obviously, the finding of the opal. That that doesn't make or break the film for you, um, other than kind of giving you clarity as to what it is. What do you think about them opening with that rather than with Sandler? Because he's obviously the focus of the entire rest of the film. It's just exposition, mate. Is, is it wholly necessary I I feel like you could just say this guy's a jeweller this is worth an awful lot of money you've, you got I mean? little, you've got a little effect almost through the opal haven't you like the opening mm-hmm. credits are yeah. very cheap looking to be fair like the way the text comes out it looks like something where if kids with no budget were making a film and you just I'm not window movie maker like yeah. it's not a high tech very it's essentially like they've done a kaleidoscope, haven't they? And then put some text over the top of it. Yeah. Um, is it necessary? Again, I probably probably not. Necessary. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's but it doesn't like like I say, it's an opal. Maybe they've gone like again. He's a jeweler. This thing's fucking this. Each oh shit, this is worth an awful lot of money. And you've got oh right, yeah. The rest of the film now makes complete sense. Yeah. In one line saying, oh, I think, Johnny's like, oh, I think this is in the middle. He could just say that earlier in the film. He's like, oh, yeah, no, I reckon, I think, shit, have you seen this? I reckon it was worth a million, million dollars. The rest of the film then makes sense. Sure, yeah, can you stop yeah. popping these emojis up? <laughs> What's he doing? He's popping these little emojis up, they're just catching my eye. <laughs> oh, what, on the Skype? Sorry. I'll... Yeah, yeah. Um, Sean, rewatchability. Yeah. Uh no, not really. I did enjoy it on the second watch, but uh, I don't think it's very rewatchable now. Um, TK, if we compare the two films, uh, Julia Fox or uh, Precoso's Bird? Oh, oh, blimey! Was this uh, a one-time thing or settle down? <laughs> I mean, my answer is the same in both cases. <laughs> You're settling down with Julia Fox, fucking hell! You've got a lot in your hands there. No, I've well, settled, settled down with Amber Heard, so I mean, life I've taken into my own hands. Oh, I've seen she's gone jail. Maybe well, Amber Heard in doesn't sound so bad. Well, Amber, <laughs> Heard. Amber Heard, yeah. Is she? yeah, apparently she's been sentenced to four years. Whether she actually makes it inside, we'll see. But apparently she's been sentenced to four years inside. She's a hundred percent coming out and doing a porno called Sixty Days in Amber Heard, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And there's at least two members of this pod that probably purchase it. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've been thinking all week after you mentioned it last week about her being under consideration um, to play Margot Robbie's role in Wolf of Wall Street. And I was actually in the shower this morning when I was thinking about tonight's pod and I was thinking about last week. Yeah. Where Thank you for there clarifying. Was, there, was a, there was a point where I thought, is Amber Heard fitter than Margot Robbie? No. And 
yeah, I, I came to that answer pretty quickly. But I did at least consider it in my head. But you can just see the pod is on my mind at all times. Oh, apparently I've just lied to you. My apologies. I've just Googled it again. Apparently she ain't gone, Joe. I did see it earlier. It was like her reacting to it. I don't know. Maybe it's just some bullshit. Yeah, she was giggling while hearing the testimony of the beaten up Johnny Tep, so. Hey, Johnny Depp stays winning. He's back oh, now. He's, and he's got out doing the new Harry Potter film, so uh, winning in all senses. Um, TK, what is the best moment slash scene for you? I mean, the biggest thing is the, is the ending scene, isn't it? That's the thing you're left with. I can't think of a more sort of iconic ending to a film of recent times anyway. No, thank you for the clarity. Um, yeah, yeah, ever. That would be pretty outlandish, wouldn't it? Um, of the last few years, where I think when literally catches you so by so much shock, I can't remember having such a shock at the first time I saw something in a little while. So it's hard to look away from that. I'm looking forward to you boys seeing old boy when we do that in uh, four or five weeks. Which one are we? Which version of it are we watching? The original. I think we'd be shocked if we did the remake. We're not. not doing the problem one, no. No. Okay. Although strangely, that is the one I've seen. Um, Chinatown. That's that's an ending. Do you want to get on, get on that bottom? Again, I thought about it. It's out of, sorry, it's just a problem. Should have included that in the cop in the in the police films. That is a great film. It is a great film. Mm. What film? Chinatown. Chinatown. Quite old, but a good film. 1978. Reading the book about it currently. Mm-hmm. Didn't have you down as a as a, a reader. That always feels like an insult when someone says that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Sean, recent, these recent times, I'm not really. Man. I used to read like, avidly, constantly. But I'll tell you what killed it in my house was everyone else moved to um, e-books. Like these uh, used, used to be. Used to be um, no, they used, used to just be like my old man bought about three, like two books a week. So he, before he goes to bed, he'd just sit and read for an hour, and he like reads at a fucking frightening pace. So he just he'd, he'd, like, he'd buy a book on a Monday, buy a Thursday, what's that book like? Yeah, I finished it, mate, drawn it. Yeah, it's <laughs> just used to I read have... constantly, mate. Also, I have this thing where I can't, I can't read inside. <laughs> <laughs> You're the weirdest <laughs> you, are <a> <laughs> you are a fucking divvy, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> he, doesn't of, he doesn't need the end of his chips either. <laughs> He's had the audacity like, to say, I, can, I don't uh, think Keenan's a reader, and I said, I can't read indoors. I can't read indoors. <laughs> So you Something live in the like you live in the UK. So you're essentially you can read for four weeks of the year. He, he's a summertime reader. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Casual. Yeah. I mean, look, look, well, obviously, basis that if I was put to it, I could physically have the ability to read. Yeah, but gun to my head, I could probably get through a page or two. I couldn't sit at my if I try to sit at my desk or sit in the front room or something and try to read a book, I'd give up and just stop it. But if I'm in like a garden. Basically, I then I can read for an hour or read a chapter or whatever, but I can't. I can't. <laughs> an hour or a chapter. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, an hour or a chapter or so, whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah, fair yeah. Enough. yeah it fair just enough, came to my mind to talk about it. I just can't do it. Fair enough, I've mate. Been younger reading the uh, Baron Chan books about the classic thing of a kid becoming a vampire. Unreal. 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 I can't. They, I remember they tried making a film and it just flopped. I Vampire's was, assistant, like, William, yeah, De- William Defoe and John C. Riley. Should have been massive, but mm. it was pretty awful. Um, best scene, Keenan. Anything other than the end? No, t- TK's right. Uh, genuinely, shock-wise, like I said, I, I, because I, I basically, I, this is like one of the. There's quite a lot of films I haven't seen 
obviously when we do the pods, as you know, because it's like it seems to be like every other week. For someone who likes films so much, it's surprising how little of them I've watched. Um, but like, I knew nothing about this other than the fact that Sander and Kevin Garnett were in it. They were like they that was it. As I was watching that last scene, mate, I still didn't expect him. Still didn't expect him to get shot. <laughs> like up until up until the time he pulls it, I just like oh, still still didn't. Um, it, so it, I mean, it is done quite well because there's nothing. What's a lot of bad shit happens to him? There's nothing to suggest that's the way it's going to turn out, is there? No. Which uh, I, which I really like. And Sean, you said it's uh, Sandler in the cupboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, shall we get into the uh, judging? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what yeah. goes through here. So, as uh, we explained last week, for each individual subgenre, uh, we've shifted out two categories and they change for each one. So. For uh, action thrillers that we're doing today, um, it's essentially on the action scorecard we did previously. So action per minute and creative use of weaponry um, have come in to uh, be used here. So, no, no, Keenan, okay. go on. Sorry, go on. No, no, no. Um, so to start with you, um, which film did you prefer? Uh, the Raid. TK? Oh... I'll just about give it the raid. Sean? The raid. I agree. Um, TK, which do you think is more rewatchable? Uh, the raid is more rewatchable. Not many Keenan? two and a half hour films as rewatchable as the raid. Keenan? No, I agree. Sean? Agree. Keenan, what's the best moment slash scene? Oh, it's the fight in the jail, mate. TK? I think how he gets shot is the one that stands out most. It's, the raid is probably unfortunate. It's got so many good scenes. But I think that is the one that sticks for me over the two. Sean? Uh, jail scene as well. Jail fight scene. And it's the kitchen scene for me. Great shout also. But there's just something about fucking 75 blokes <laughs> fight, fighting in the mud and also watching, watching Rama just juke people out. <laughs> me and TK saw a clip of um, Handicap MMA recently um, I think it was 3v1 and uh, the one I've got to be honest I thought you were talking like Paralympics <laughs> yeah yeah no when, like, when no, you said no. when you said Handicap MMA and I was thinking yeah I can imagine how much Byron enjoyed that <laughs> no, I do like the uh, cripple fight episode of South Park like what? So they just like they literally just free the like free one. <laughs> yeah. And how how much of a bastard is the one guy that he trips him up straight away? He couldn't even leave it on the feet. <laughs> Had to take him down. And then who, one holds who, him. Who takes that fight? I don't know. But two I feel like there may be not the a lot of choice in it. If, if we delve too much into it, I feel like he may not have had a lot of choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, we haven't done the quotes. Um, I know there's one that stands out for me across the two. Does anyone have any? They want to suggest because I've just had this is how I win going through my head uh, since watching Uncut Gems again. I laugh when he said, I shake that hand, but I know where it's been. Chuckle a bit of that. The hot snatch quote actually is uh, the one that's got me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything for you, Keenan? No, not overly. I don't think. Uh... I'm surprised you've not gone with the old I want the underwear, Byron. What about you? 
Is it a U, isn't it? No? I think you were meant to say shoot. Oh, I did. The, uh, shoot, shoot got sensitive for his letterbox. Shoot, uh, shoot got sensitive when I dug him out on the pub the other week, so I'll just <laughs> let him be. Uh, that was very nasty of you. <laughs> you, you can't blame you not having his number saved when you're out like that. Just after I praised the pod as well, and little did I know what was to come. <laughs> that was a very, that was a very good pod. Was. Very good form. Uh, so look, let's fucking bet on this because I feel like that's quite a tone for my att- my attitude in life. <laughs> One thing we didn't it. touch on the scenes. I know we've talked about yeah. betting obviously here, but I did quite enjoy the scenes of when they're all just like sat around watching the game and then talking about betting, talking about the sport. That felt quite. Um, as no relatable, yeah, yeah. Also, involved in those scenes. Also, a parlay bet sounds so much better than an accumulator. Yeah, yeah, it really does, doesn't it? I might start, might start referring it to as my Saturday, my Saturday parlay. <laughs> yeah. I do it, I do it occasionally to Rory, and it makes me laugh every time. And every time he'll reply, parlay for fuck's sake. <laughs> I think parlay. that's just it's much better. It's like the Aussies call it a multi, like. Which is, I mean, it makes complete and utter sense. But because yeah, def- uh, I, I still don't understand this, I try to look at it, but I, I hear it on the Simmons pod a lot where we talk about a teaser. Do you know what that is? No, a parlay is fucking not quite an acad. Sorry, Sean, because I was looking, because I, I actually googled the term when I was watching. It. I was like, what the fuck is a parlay? But like, it's weird, mate. Because if like one loses, it like reverts down to odds and stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, when I looked up, because I, I was in the same thinking, it was, it was just an acre. And yeah. it got into some of the more logistics of it. I was thinking, I don't know. It's weird. It's like one it's... of them Yankees people put on at the races. Oh, like, are you like, just throwing out random terms? Yeah, I thought that's the one where you get like six bets. That's well, like there's six single bets, and it kind of, you get the single, the double, the so, treble. The Yankees 11, yeah. So a Yankees 11. Uh, and, and so on and so forth and obviously a lucky 15 it all is dictated by the number of horses you win and then some will include some will include the singles doubles trebles and the, mul- and the multiple and the, the, the permutations of and some will only include part of that yeah. but yeah basically so like if any of the bets in the parlay uh, sorry so it's if it were a parlay it's if any of them draw so if any of the, the plays in the parlay ties or pushes the parlay reverts to a no, lower number of teams with the odds reducing accordingly it's always just like a massive win or draw bet, but like, the way the way they pay it out is fuck. The way they pay it out is so weird. It, it's actually it's genuinely just it's really strange. A bit backward with the old better uh, than the Americans. Yeah, it's because half the fucking country can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember um, during the first lockdown, um, me and Keenan discussing how we would like to bet on the cornhole. That was being shown on uh, BT Sports. What sport? It wasn't even live. <laughs> what sport? It's actually uh, shoot. You ever watched it? Cornhole. Uh, I've never watched it, but I've seen it. At Mate, it is weddings now, but I, it I is fucking mint. It, it, it should not be anywhere near as entertaining as it is. It's just fucking fat <laughs> yeah. blokes. It's, yeah. it's, just, it's just fat blokes from the south trying to trying to throw something into an hole, and like that is all it is. <laughs> But honestly, <laughs> bang that on and you're in for a good few hours. Like, I was talking, I was watching, I was, a college game popped up on the internet the other week and I was 15 minutes later, I was still, I was still watching it. Yeah. Bowls is an underrated game. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Bowls not quite Very satisfying if someone nails on the base. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, was anyone going for the raid for the best quote? No. No, no I don't really. They've let themselves down there. Not speaking English there. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, Careful. technically, that, that pretty much is what's happened. I mean, none of us have picked one out of the subtitles, and so we've gone for... Yeah, but that's not actually what... You're, what... Assume, you're assuming a lot about our thoughts there. Well, you had to watch a you were watching a dubbed version, weren't you? Actually, amateur. no, no, couldn't do it. No, I can't. The version I had was dubbed, and I turned it off immediately. Yeah, mm-hmm. can't watch dubbed. Um, is anyone not picking Rama for MVP? Oh, oh that would be my pick. It's my pick, but if we were just doing this on film, I'd have picked Garnett for MVP for Uncle. Actually, sorry, I do have one quote from the raid, and it is annoyingly it's Beju, but it's when he gives him the speech, but it's about legacy, and he goes, "It's a question." Uh, sorry, it's a question of ambition because there's two actually from him. Uh, it's a question of ambition, really. Let me rephrase that. It's a matter of limitation and the importance of knowing yours. Just before he kills, his, just before he kills the brother, <laughs> and he's cold. That yeah, he is a stone cold killer, that oh. boy. Also, when he meets Uko, and he's like, "It's about legacy." And he has the chat about legacy and about him being more important than him and basically him being a waste man. <laughs> waste man. Keenan. The job line. Who's your best side character? <sighs> probably got to be Uko, mate, I'll be honest. Sean? Side character, did you say? Yep. Um, so I'm struggling on this one because... I'm taking Julia as my side character. Of course, course you are. are. She wins the film. She <laughs> probably does win the film. Yeah, yeah, she's a big winner. Uh, I'm going the raid, but I'm going. I forgot his name in this one, but I'm going for Mad Dog. Okoso. Okoso, that's it. Yeah. TK. Yeah, I was. I was thinking him to be first. I think if Keenan Shout is right. I don't know if he's in so much that he could be a main character. That guy. If either way, I'll probably go with the raid. Um, respect to KG that action per minute. Is anyone taking on? Uncut- <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> no, surprisingly, no. I would admire anyone packaging an argument for this. I can't do it. I'd love to, but even I can't sell you that. Would you love to? Well, I, I've seen... Sean, how many episodes of this pod have we done? And have you yet to figure out I just like the sound of my own voice? <laughs> I've seen Byron try and climb up uh, mountains for Arsenal on the normal pod. Him yeah, trying to do one front of gems here would be a stretch. No, no. I'm most upset I've been on one of these um, was the disrespect that was given to Knocked Up. Shite. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that pod. You were upset. But... As I said before, it was uh, biggest impact where Keenan mentioned everything bar the actual film. And somehow Sean heard that and was like, you know what, I do agree. What do you mean everything bar the actual film? The the revolution that that sparked inside comedy in the early 2000s is far better than fucking that one of Judd Apatow's worst films. His best. It... Uh, you super bad won the bracket. No, it's not even him, is it? Sorry, he was he was behind. No, he it, but nonetheless, yeah, I was gonna say he was behind it, but Byron, come on now, please. please. Creative right. use of weaponry. The bring I'll give you the my raid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna sell it a bit more, Sean. But... <laughs> <laughs> How are you gonna? What do you mean? How are you gonna sell it more? Well, the I, I know. Builds I know it up, what, he what, he, what he actually does with it, isn't it? 
he had something written down for this for sure that he was gonna, no, he no, was gonna say. It was gonna be yeah. sweeping away enemies or something <laughs> shit like that. Him <laughs> slowly uh, swiveling the runway is creative in, in that circumstance. Him like putting his face on the grill is creative mm. in a sense of what's there, but there isn't much more he could do with the grill. No. <laughs> Sticking a frying pan or something just midway through. His, his options are limited. Yeah, um, trying to think, but I think you might be right with the broom. Um, yeah, yeah, I think look, so. I know it's for the film. The only thing I'm going to say, and I'm not a member of the Indonesian underworld, shockingly, um, <laughs> but surprising lack of guns. I feel like a lot of these problems in these films are solved if one of your henchmen just has a gun. Doesn't have to be yeah. all of them. Prakaso running towards me with ten guys. If one of them has a gun, as <laughs> yeah. he walks towards yeah. me. I can just shoot, they can just shoot him for me and I'm okay. Same on the train. It's all yeah. brilliant, lads. It's brilliant, lads, that you've got two knives. I respect it. And there's quite a lot of us, so we should be all right. If one of them has a gun and she's that far away, I I will put a, I will put my life on the fact that I can shoot her before she can run, to, <laughs> run, through, run towards me. My reflexes aren't brilliant, but I reckon I might get away with it. Him pinging the baseball is pretty creative in the sense that he could just walk up and whack him as he does for the rest of the film it's just fucking lunacy it's just ludicrous it's funny, also, but it is just ludicrous he also has a total lack of creativity when when the baseball's gone he's like oh Christ, what, 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 what do i do now i've got really got to think now was so signed, signed by someone i don't understand why he gets so upset that he travels down the, uh, travels down the corridor it's creative he's a very sentimental he, man he flips him onto the toilet for that first kill yeah, oh, it's just like there, there's some of it's just so funny. Also, again, just because you don't really see it, there's a couple of points where they're trying to drown people in that mud. You don't see that often yeah. in films. I mean, again, what are you going to do in that situation? But it is like because you don't see it quite a lot. I did, I did, I was, I was chuckling at it when he's just forced him face down in the mud trying to drown him. Uh, best soundtrack, Keenan. I have no idea on this. Uncut I've had the credits song from Uncut Gems in my head since I watched uh, it. Uncut Unreal. Gems, I would would get it, but I it's neither a it's neither a one we're ever going to talk about again, really, is it? No, no. You got Mark Bit from the weekend in there as well. Yeah, imagine if they brought him in and just didn't let him do anything. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, there's there's a behind the scenes pictures, and it looks like him just chatting at whatever birds were on the set like there's one of him <laughs> that hasn't been used in the film and he's just sniffing Julia Fox's chest and he's like come on it'll, it'll be good for the film what's your pick here TK probably Uncut Gems by default Sean yeah mine's Uncut Gems on the basis of that the credit song Sean what film is more original uh, Uncut Gems TK yeah it's gotta be Keenan I agree as do I. Um, TK, bigger impact. Oh, I, I do remember Uncut Gems being pretty big news. Yeah. I don't really remember the rapiers, so I'll have to go with that. Keenan? Yeah, it's the same answer, mate. Sean? Yeah, same. <clears throat> Keenan, best opening scene. Is that the question? Well, I just thought I'd ask. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, just yeah. so I feel like we've we've discussed both opening scenes. One I refer to as unnecessary. One I refer yeah. to as fun. To, uh, yeah, it's the raid. 
I take my, my favourite yeah. quote from the film from that scene. Emphatically agree. TK best ending. See now, see now, as much as I've just said about the last scene of Uncut Gems, literally the last half an hour of Ray 2 is unbelievable. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it with that. I'm gonna leave it with the Ray 2. I think as an overall package, add more. Keenan, we've had the conversations about endings before, haven't we, boys? So we won't divulge into it too much. But I will say, I'll say Uncut Gems, mate. I I agree with with Uncut Gems. yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I remember that as an ending. It's, I have contradicted my argument earlier, so I, I don't hate if I'm oh, from Get Gems. Sure. Oh, I'll say, yeah, I'll say the raid. And then finally, Sean, which film has the best chemistry? Uh, Uncut Gems. TK? It's kind of hard to judge the raid's chemistry, isn't it? Just kind of fucks everyone up. <laughs> so I'll just yeah again I'll have to go and get Jen just by default Keenan yeah I, yes I agree I agree yeah so it's 8-5 to the raid 2 so the raid 2 does go through to the final bracket um, we won't do the points to consider today because we're still yet to kind of finally tweak those um, so we'll have those ready for next week. Uh, next week is our first trip into crime comedy, where we will have 30 minutes or less up against the Hitman's Bodyguard. Nice. Nice. So uh, there are those films. Thanks again for listening to another edition of Movie Madness. Uh, we got there in the end. Um, hopefully it's been an enjoyable one. And uh We'll be back next week. Thank you.